40 hour episode dude. <laughs> I was yeah. talking about winners. calling sick to work and just be like I uh, yeah. gotta be a last record. night was a long one <laughs> Look at that square. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 148. I don't know what square you were talking about. <laughs> no, I, I have my... Uh, I have every time. I don't know. I don't. I have a plug-in on my, uh, my browser, and it just had a big square over your belt buckle. And so I was like, what the fuck is he hiding from his belt buckle? What's going on there? And then like it, it, the next frame came and it was still there. And I was like, what the fuck's up with that square, dude? And then uh, <laughs> on your yeah, screen. I have to darken my screen. So if I don't, it does this. I'm just like, fucking. What's up, bro? <laughs> Yo, I don't. What I need to ask is, is if Casey's eating a banana just because that's what he did last time. Or does he do this every time? Because we were hanging out for like five, ten minutes before this goes live. <laughs> Nah, dude. This is I do it every weird. episode. It's just for you, dude. <laughs> you literally are the only no. banana episode. It's a test. We're about to do oh the episode, God. and Anthony's like, "Do you have a banana?" And I was like, "Actually, I I didn't know you knew that. I, yeah, I have one." So I was like, <laughs> "Damn!" I saw it sitting over there by by our little banana rack we have in the kitchen, but it was like the last one that's like. Hanging on by, you know, like the, the, the lonely banana that's like rotting and needs to get eaten. Like, before yeah, 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 yeah. So what do you guys do with the lonely stupid. banana? Do you guys, do you guys just like it depends on it. how many brown spots, though, right? I I'm power like, through it, dude. I'll eat it until it's like, unless it's, unless it's fucking a little soft. Disgusting. Guys, yeah, we, we got, we got to focus. All right. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Anthony Trapani. I'm your host. This is Cali Death Podcast. It's episode 148. I'm always here with a couple of resident homies. Everybody's taking a drink. I need to take one too. Oh, Tiki. Tiki. Um, Joel Horner and Casey Howard are joining me as always. What up, y'all? Hi. The resident homies. Joseph will be back very soon. And then we got Man. Cameron Argon with us for part two tonight, guys. We're very excited about this. Shout out Cali Death Podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Back. Fuck yeah. Dude, it's great to have you back, dude. And um, we'll get into tons of fun as soon as we do the plugs real quick. Let's do those real quick. We Real quick, real quick, real quick. Um, I never, ever mentioned Twitch. I never, ever mentioned YouTube. Like, you guys can enjoy this live if you come to twitch.tv slash Cali Death Podcast and you can interact with us. I already see some of you guys in the chat. I can't read it because I don't have my glasses yeah. on, but I see you guys are going. Right. I said, I said Twiff. Twiff. Sebastian Blade. <laughs> it's like uh, fucking... it's a th- Tyson. <laughs> All right, right, I got to plug uh, that intro. That's like the. I, I, I always forget like what we're doing here and then like all right let's start the show and, like this is like sick death metal starts playing like, this show actually, is awesome <laughs> you actually bring that up too that's one other thing that i should plug more because um you know i i sometimes check out 
comments on YouTube just to see what people are saying. And uh, a lot of people ask about that intro. And even That's though awesome. at the end of the intro, if you're watching the video, he gets his credit, Christopher Beatty. Oh, yeah. How are we supposed? He's the Beatle. We, he's just our Beatle, but I'm supposed to be saying it different. Beatty? Is that how he says it? Yeah. Dreamer. Yeah, he's he's, the, he's in Dreamer. Yeah. He's in the Zenith Passage now. He's the. Oh, the, no way. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So when we. Uh, when we started this, he was right. crispy green. Uh, affiliated with Joseph. Joseph and him were working in Dreamer a long time ago, and uh, how everything happened with this show, how it just kind of all fell into place. We had this sick fucking intro that just came to us from Christopher and Joseph, and it there it wasn't like oh you need to change this riff or. Uh, maybe we should do that. It was like that's the fucking intro right there. Yeah, we were like, yeah, yeah. We, we need like an intro, and then, and then Joseph's like, I got a friend who can like do a cool song, and he like, we're like, okay, we'll see. Then maybe we'll like compare it to some others and choose or something, you know. And we didn't even know him at all, and then like he like showed us the song, and we we're just like, this is perfect. <laughs> this is great. Like, wow. Yeah. Be, okay. Cool. Like, it hits so hard. First try. It hits hard, yeah. and it also it like. In, encapsulates like the Cali Death vibe. That's what he did on purpose. Yeah. That's how fucking talented that kid is. He's like, right, I'm yeah. gonna do a song exactly. that has yeah, like a bunch of the plan. Cali Death influences all in one song for you guys. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, perfect. I'd, I'd like to say, uh, so on my YouTube channel, my that I've had for a little while, it's a. Uh, can I like fucking share? How do I present? Okay, that's what it is on here. Uh, so can you guys at least, I don't have to play it, but you can see. Oh, the Dreamer footage you have? Here we go. Will this work? Do you see that? Nope. I can do it now. You don't, oh, you don't see it? Oh, oh. There it is. Do you Hell see yeah. this? It's... You guys see that? It's choppy. It's choppy. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, cool. Anyways, there's a video on my YouTube channel. There he is. Perfect. We always pause it on a there funny smile from that man. <laughs> exactly. All, he there got, go. Even on when he comes on the show, he freezes in that face right there. <laughs> yeah. So, so that just happened. Y'all just yeah. did this? Yep. That was in let's, a... Let's watch it. Kind of LA-ish, like, like Orange County-ish. Yeah, uh, quick play for a second. All right, let's skip. The sound always gets shitty. Skip randomly. I can make up the. <laughs> we just jumped 25 minutes in. <laughs> Damn, is this you, Casey, like two weeks ago? <laughs> it was in a uh, filming. Oh, uh, okay. I was just like this. Is this guy from California? Oh yeah, he's from LA area. Come on. Oh, the video's freezing. The, the whole vibe of the band and the location gives me a big California vibe. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like the band. That guy. Joseph, the professor on the drums. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
And that's why he's the sexy man right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the trouper. Makes it air so good. Shout out, Ricky. I know, I know, you it's know. fucked up. It pisses me off a little bit. You know, but... I've been thinking about this like a week ago. Um, you know how skateboarding just kind yeah, of progressively yeah, same gets thing. better? It's the same thing. Same fucking thing. Same thing. Yeah. It's the same kids, thing. Kids like are just shredding everyone now. You're like, I, I don't want to call Chris B. a kid, but he's in his early 20s. And he's like, he's like the, you know, the he's guy that does the crazy school. trick with the nose grind that, no, mm-hmm. you know, like that you've never seen before. And he's like 14 years old. And you're like, what the fuck? He's in the X Games shredding all the pros, you know, like, and I, my, my, I've talked about it multiple times. I think it's like them taking, they had influences before that were like the craziest thing. And then, they were born at a certain time where the craziest thing has already happened a million times and they're taking it from like the seventh craziest thing and then they're doing it like and taking it to the ninth craziest thing you know it's like yeah well it's like that that that, like five minute mile like no one thought it was possible and then as soon as someone does it everyone can just do it right yeah it's like the same thing as skateboarding someone does some kind of trick and someone grows up and sees it it's way easier to do it if you've seen someone else do it versus being like i'm just gonna do this the Dude, first time a, type there's of thing. There's an LA yeah. rapper. There's an LA rapper named Merce who did a 24-hour freestyle, and <laughs> <laughs> and two weeks later, some dude beat it. Yeah, just yeah. because he saw Merce do it. That's first. brutal. <laughs> I know. But was he sober though? <laughs> yeah, just but do some well, that's what it is. Like, dude, I did the hey, 90-hour fucking. <laughs> We yeah, all have ideas, but once we see that it's actually possible, then it becomes you, you. It's that classic setting the bar higher type. Once it's higher, and you yeah. see that something is still possible, then you're gonna try and see what isn't possible, you know. And we keep it trying to stand like back. Screwed up Soviet experiment where they just like make Soviet. you hallucinate. <laughs> yeah, let's see how crazy these rhymes get when this dude's about to die from sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. let's see who could oh. freestyle himself oh. to death dude that would be crazy yeah. bro he's like at 47 hours and he just fucking has a cardiac arrest and just dies on camera it's like dg allen like a dg allen like freestyler he's like whatever dude i'm just gonna do heroin until i die freestyling i don't know didn't he die thing. at a party after a show? everybody used to think he killed himself on stage no that's what he wanted to do he didn't do it yeah, yeah, that, that was. Died. Yeah, <laughs> he, died, he died. Oh yeah, and he went to like a party after a show and <laughs> pretty quickly and actually. <laughs> yeah. and people were taking pictures with him while he was already dead, and they didn't know. They just thought he passed out. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he but he was like whole, his whole like thing. He was like preaching was like I'm gonna die on stage, and so people were like going to the shows, going like if it's the one that he does it, that'll be cool. That I'm here, kind of kind of thing, and then he just like. Heroin overdosed on his own. <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. Just by himself. Like, yeah, boring. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Boring as fuck. I'm just kidding. Uh, he was alone. <laughs> Damn. CaliFpodcast.bigcartel.com yeah. is where you can yeah. get any t-shirts. Um, got a couple Man, for you. Yeah. Um, haunted by the <laughs> generator. Her, wait, hold generator. Hold on, back to the shirts. I, uh, I Sorry, I slipped my finger. Big cartel. CaliFpodcast.bigcartel.com. That's where 
you buy clothes that you that have our logo and you can put them on your body and then what else generator rehearsal studios.com is where you can go rehearse in socal oceanside california there classic area classic socal uh, death metal city no yeah for sure yeah the oh, crazy, yeah there's so many it really bands. is I, there there are some death metal bands out here though it's cool yeah for, for sure well san diego but some come to practice there like you know they did that yeah. live stream with paroxysmal butchering recently and some other bands and stuff i think when i was with burning the masses they practiced out of um oceanside really oh, yeah i keep Crazy. forgetting so, you were in burning the masses so you you sang oh, or you know. play guitar yeah. or vocalist vocalist yeah, 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 yeah. i did okay. uh their second album okay did you ever tour with them yeah, I did one tour with them in Europe. Okay, okay. Yeah. I know Carrie, son of Aurelius, toured with Burning the Masses, um, mm. and we met up with them randomly. But yeah, they were like, isn't that one guy in Entheos now? One of the guys, or something? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> uh, Chasen just joined Chasen. Brand of Sacrifice. Oh, but Chasen. He's, he's, he's drummed on like Christ. everything. He's, oh, he's a he's, freak of nature, yeah. I know. He's, yeah, he's yeah. seriously one of the, the best death metal drummers totally. ever. I agree. He's so oh, like yeah. he's so crazy. And shout out to Dan Kenny. Uh, it was he was like they were looking for a drummer low key at the time, and I was like, check out this kid. And then Jason put together a full fucking jam thing for him. And then they're like, and then he sent it like five days later, and uh, he's like, oh, we already got someone. I was like, who is this? Uh, oh, Suicide Silence. I was trying to get him in Suicide Silence because like he was like looking for a gig, and I was like, well, Dan just hit me up, and they're looking. You know, I can talk about it now because they already picked someone. But yeah. uh, at the um, at the time, like I was like, dude, fucking add that drumming to them. That'd be sick. You know, like add yeah, your yeah. your like crazy drumming to Suicide Talents and spice that shit up like with the drumming and stuff. And um, he sent it, and then Dan was like, it's super sick. But like, we just found someone. And I'm like, motherfucker, why did you have Shout me do Dan Kenny? <laughs> I, I know. He actually just messaged me a while ago. It was something funny, but yeah, that's. Shout out was to kind Ernie of, too. Yeah, er, yeah, Ernie's sick too. I saw them yeah. with uh, dying fetus and stuff. It was great. Um, but anyways, Hell yeah, he's chasing yeah. some. I watched uh, a bunch of videos of my friends in Sacramento that are drummers and stuff, and watching him play, and they're just sitting there, just going like "fuck you," like they're all like mad. <laughs> like, the yeah, whole time. <laughs> I've been a fan of Chasen's drumming back in the day um, on MySpace. MySpace was the best. Like, you oh, yeah, it was just, like yeah, one yeah. YouTube video or something. <laughs> Totally. And they had a YouTube video of Chasen practicing back back in the day. And I was just like, you could just tell right away that I mean his I think he comes from a musical family. I think his dad is like some Yeah. So we've had him on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had, had Chasen on. on. Yeah. And yeah. and we've had Robert on from Antheos. That's where you're making the the uh was Yeah, Robert what's Robert's last Jason name? Jason and Robert were on Brown? At the, on the same episode. Yeah, Robert Brown. Yeah. Remember, Robert's cool. You got to go back into our history, Joel. And Joel's like, I don't remember. Oh, it was a lot. It's, yeah. 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 A few episodes. He was talking there. about, was, didn't his dad play on Ghost of the Universe with him or something? Or wasn't he on that? Or maybe I'm. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Or he, I don't know. I can't remember. Dude, 148 episodes in. We've done around three Project hours Project. per episode. It's so crazy yeah. to try and. I remember like 30 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <totally. laughs> <laughs> Well, but so, I mean, Cameron yeah. helped me with his last one. I mean, like he he said one thing 
um talking about like his internet connection or something and then my brain went back to like oh yeah wasn't there like a party behind you and like wasn't like it just i just need like that one little that. yeah I, I need like one little like help step then all of a sudden it's kind of like playing an old song again where you're like i don't know how to play this like oh shit it keeps coming to me and it just keeps yeah, yeah. flowing out of well, me all the memories you're not supposed to have like a crazy memory like part mm -hmm. of the part of the purpose of a good night's sleep is to help you forget about all this stupid shit basically <laughs> right yeah yeah you know because if you're overloaded with every detail of your life you would you would go insane, insane. yeah yeah so Got when it. i forget things i'm like good like it's just mental health it's like oh you gotta just let it go sometimes you know yeah, i'm sleeping good well it's funny how we all remember i mean it makes sense but we all remember certain like different things of similar times you know like touring times or whatever like oh i remember this and i don't what you remember that that or like things i don't remember and stuff yeah, it's, yeah, all, it's yeah. all about like it's it's basically like a think of it as like a computer like like okay like you don't remember it's all like stored away in the back of your brain like in the back like fucking backup but then like you open one file and then like then it has some other files like oh yeah that oh yeah and then that happened and then that happened and then you can go down that rabbit hole but like to just bring it out of nowhere is like impossible like as far as right. how much fucking memories you have at this age it's like you have to like have something kind of yeah. jog things and then you're like oh yeah this 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 and i have a smell and you're like all of a sudden like oh yeah that one smelly dude in fucking seventh grade you know like yeah things will well, just come out you know through like smells or speaking or, of smells or, anthony who, who you got over there uh, i got a, a nice smelling speaking man with a pack of welches <laughs> i mean <laughs> hi hello <laughs> hi mike right. how's it going hi, guys Good to see you all. Hell I brought yeah. myself a glass of really nice bourbon. Ooh. Oh, I just bought my dad a. What is it? I don't know what it's called. A friend gave it to me as a gift, and it, it's delicious. No. Oh man. So I brought myself some bourbon, and then I brought Anthony a pack of some <laughs> fruit snacks. <laughs> fruit snacks, yeah. <laughs> so don't let, don't let his blood sugar get oh, too low. Munchies. <laughs> and, uh, this is literally i'm gonna say it again i just say it every time that i see mike it's my favorite guitar player in death metal right there yep. by far it's by far yep. mike's not yeah. Really, dude yeah so he hates it every time he's one of those yeah. guys that's For all awesome. you listeners who don't know mike gilbert's the guitar player of one of my bands severed savior and it's one of his bands fuck you dude. <laughs> and, and we'll be going on tour with cynic in europe next oh yeah year. yeah that's no good. mike's playing guitar with cynic. that's gonna be great yeah yeah oh yeah are we allowed to say that? We're allowed to say that, right? We are allowed to say yeah, it. Yeah, we've already we're said okay. it. That's yeah. why I'll say it all the time now. This isn't the first Happen. time. Dude, okay, we're coming up. Okay, I'm sorry, Cameron, we're not getting Yeah, let's get into the right camera. Now, I have, we'll I get into it, but whole, I listened to that full Anthony new album was, today. You, awesome. Anthony was going to say something big. I was just going to say real quick, we're, getting, we're coming up on our three-year anniversary okay. episode. That's right. Yep. We are kind of late to planning it, but we're going to have a well, fun one. It's coming up soon. In two weeks... October fifth is going to be our third year, episode one fifty. So we're doing fifty a year, basically, is how we're kind of doing. Hundred fifty three years. Three episodes ago is yeah, fifty a year. Yeah, fifty a year. So one fifty is our third. year So we year skip five weeks every year. Okay, that's not bad. Is it five? Yeah. I mean, I think that sounds good. Like you guys are organized. Like you, you have a day. You do it every week. 
yeah and you just hit gas and well, sometimes we just yeah. shit them out you know like we're just up here like it's like an addiction kind of we're like dude yeah. what's gonna like it's like tuesday comes like we're, we're just gonna, who's gonna be the guest what's going <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> we have like we have like a whole list of everything and we're like we have no idea because it just it's just a thursday we're, we're usually like, one of us is gone you know because we're just like <laughs> we're just keeping it going but i mean shout out to honestly like i mean i was gone for a couple of weeks like anthony and joel man you guys really keep this pumping especially anthony because he's on yeah, every anthony episode Anthony so will shout show up out like, to Anthony. <laughs> Anthony will like literally show up to a fucking like a episode like from Disneyland with like I his did whole family an episode and screaming. From Disneyland, and dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I was already like, that was probably one of the worst episodes for me because yeah. I found out that I had to host it about a minute and a half after coming from a nap. Um, and I was like, I thought I was like, where's Anthony, dude? Where's I was like texting, where the fuck are you, dude? What's going on? And like Casey's like, just go live, dude. And I'm like, I don't even know the guest. I have no idea who this person is. Oh, yeah, that was funny, <laughs> was like, dude. It was like you and me, right? I was like, it was it a, just... yeah, it was you and me. And it was like, the, I mean, he was actually very interesting. The robot band guy. That's the robot band. Oh, yeah. And I, I was like, I had robot. never heard of him. And I was like, yeah. sick, dude. I got to like freestyle Captured this. And I just robots. woke up from like a nap. Like, <laughs> this is a nightmare. And I was like, pissed yeah. I was like fuck you. And I was like, so mad. Well, I thought yeah, Anthony comes on, he's on from Disneyland. I he's all told you in the chat. You just no, no, don't fine. Fine, no, you, told, you told whatever. me like three weeks before, but I was I woke up from a nap yeah, and was I like, agree. that's another week. Where's Anthony? What's going on? I like, <laughs> forgot. You know, yeah. I totally forgot. But anyways, let's get no, out of this fucking so episode funny. though. It's a goddamn <laughs> episode because me and me and Anthony have a lot to talk about, and Casey too. Like I, mean, I listened yeah. to your full album today. Me and Anthony texted about it earlier, but uh, because because Anthony texted me like you gotta listen to fucking the brutal machine. Cameron knows, dude. Cameron yeah, you gotta listen like... to it. And I was like, "All right, well, I'll I, begrudgingly." I'm still have that little bit of like an asshole metalhead in me. It's like whatever, bro, like kind of thing, you know. Going and I was like working, and I was like, you know what? I got time to throw it on. And it's uh, the best time to listen to it. <laughs> I know, and I, I fucking listened to the whole thing front to back because it vibed just perfectly with my. It had the mellowness and the hardness that I wanted in a fucking in a band to not like take my attention off everything. Where I could still work and still groove, so I was like really confused by this, and I actually hit up Anthony and was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I was like, "You're right." Like, what the fuck? Fuck you, dude. You're right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but I was very impressed with the. I don't even know how to um to really classify the album as far as I felt like Enya vibes in there. I felt black metal vibes in there. I felt like Enya. death metal vibes. I sl- it was like, yeah, I swear to God, there's like a calm oh, man. Enya I gotta thing to going on. I haven't heard it yet. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I was Dude. like sitting there just like, I was comfortable and I was like, this might be like my album of the year almost. I have to listen to it more. <laughs> I have to listen to it more though, but I was I was like, I love the ideas in it. It was something that's- new because... Because nowadays it's just all dude, check out the new tech sick albums all you know, I was like, and that's what I was kind of like, I'm used to though. And I was like, my brain was like when I when the first song hit, um, what was the first track? It was the Don't Stop Swimming. I was like, that song just like got me in the mood. And I was like, All right, I'm I'll listen to your creativeness and see what you want to bring to this. Because mm-hmm. it was confusing in the beginning. I was like, mm-hmm. I did this face, like Oh, okay. What's, yeah. what's, what, you know, what's coming next? And that's the face I kind of want to make. You know, I'm just all about like weird, like trying to like shock me, going like, all right, like okay, yeah, dude. This right, is sure. definitely uh, the the um, section where we're gonna give praise, Cameron. So just get ready, dude. Um, <laughs> so what's it called again? The brutal the machine. Brutal machine by disfiguring the goddess. Um. So the day after. 
episode 118. Cameron hit us up, sent us a link to gave us oh, a shit. private uh, access to this album. And you can see that Joel just got on it right now after it's released. Casey hasn't listened to it, but... Yeah, Casey's like, what's the album called? I'm the comments. I'm not calling I have heard Disfiguring the Goddess and I love it already. I just haven't yeah. heard this new one yet. It's all good. And I, I was only going to check it out. Yeah, I was giving you one of those elbows to the ribs. Really yeah, that's no, it's, it's funny. What I want, Anthony I was, and I have been jamming this record big time. Yeah, we over. have been, dude. We're and, both like, um, hell yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's what I was going to go into was that day after or maybe two days after or whatever that you had sent me that link i uh gave it a listen and oh you it, sent it to us didn't you you totally sent yes. it to us what and, a and you gave yeah you gave us a little private link and, and we had access to this album it, 30 weeks ago it's 118 I mean, it's 148 right now we've done 30 episodes since that episode so week by week with all, with all fairness i got a hard time with private links myself like when something's yeah. on spotify it's just like it feels like oh, e- dude, even the album time... coming out like i've been like jamming it on spotify and been like okay now i could feel like i could listen to the, the record finally you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> times where my soundcloud was weird and then it wasn't there and i was like wait now I got to go back into the the uh, text to go get the link and re-upload it because I, I had to have access to that shit every day. And you sent that to me, dude. And I'm, I, I just want to say that at 38, about to be 39, music has been <clears throat> so, so important to me since a teenager, you know? And there are certain things that we're looking for when we listen to music. And it's, um, I like to just call it involuntary reactions. You know, some, you react, you, something about a song will make you react in a, in a way that you weren't prepared to react in that moment, you know? And, and that happens quite often with all the great music that we listen to. You know, I, I could point so many different times of listening to Rush where I'm just like brought into this space that I didn't realize that I was being brought into. And just in the snap of a finger, I'm, I'm feeling an emotion. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a certain way. And that depletes as we get older as guys like us that dig into the deep waters and try and find all the sick shit. And so it's few and far between. And the, the brutal machine did that to me. It gave me those involuntary reactions where, um, while I was listening to it, I wasn't ready to, or I wasn't, it wasn't, re- it wasn't that I wasn't ready. It was, uh, I wasn't expecting um, it to get underneath the surface so quick. And I, I love all the things that I just said that right there, because there's many water references and just me rambling right there. And the, and that's another thing that I love about you and, and the water references. It's, it, it, it's something that is very um, 
close to me as well. So there's so I could go deep on this album. We're going to go deep on this album for sure. But I just wanted to say that I've had such a pleasant, pleasant experience with this album since your last uh, appearance on the show. And it's something that's just as powerful and value to me, valuable to me as it was when I first listened to it. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air. It's, it's very, I, I know I, I was telling you, I was going to be licking your balls a bit in this uh, intro, but I'm just saying like, this really is something that it made me very excited dude and i don't get that excited anymore you know and it that's might be about me and my relationship with extreme metal you know and all this stuff but this is something that pulled me out of that and said no fucking sit here and listen and i'm still doing that today there was times where i couldn't go a day without listening it bro like literally (laughs) there'd be like weeks where i had to like go do my exercise in the morning with the brutal machine and if i didn't have the brutal machine it felt weird (laughs) he told me that earlier so just to back him up he was like it's really good for cardio yeah he was like He's like it just ha- like gets you in the kind of headspace for cardio and just like floating and just getting it done. And I was like, I, I would text I Cameron and I would be like, dude, I had my Triumph Flower Flush for breakfast and now I'm ready for the day, dude. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> really- <laughs> and, man, that's amazing. Yeah, dude, thank you so and, much. And Super you're amazing, sweet. dude, because we we also have connected as friends since then too. So um there's there's many layers to why this album and you are important to me so that's why we're having you back on a couple weeks after the shit drops and i wanted you on the day after you're on so yeah dude we're here we're ready let's fucking party hell yeah that's amazing so yeah yeah it's Uh, exactly 30 episodes since you've been i think you were on 118 on 148 yeah so exactly 30 so every 30 we got to check in with you now with the way i know this man works we're going to be cutting that in half probably <laughs> yeah yeah no that's cool i'm i'm it's great that you guys are into it you know um right, dude. i know we've been into it for a minute but when it when it like comes out it, it just it's not really it's the public that's nice but it's also like just having it on spotify is easy to listen to you know mm-hmm. yes yeah. like you guys have made a, a references to this in the even just like talking about tours being announced and stuff it's like once it's announced or happening it just it's so much more easy to you know be with that because things right. happen you know but it's like before there's a tour announcement you know that's where things are at but you can't talk about it and it gets announced like all right that's where i'm at yeah 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 but uh it's funny like with the enya references because like and some of the things you you were saying to anthony (laughs) uh with like being older and then like still loving heavy heavy music and heavy metal but like kind of skipping a gap like i feel like this record does a great job at like bringing a lot of my influences all across the board and kind Mm -hmm. of like it, not really like smushing them together in like this like analytical way but really just more of like that um feeling emotional but also a vibe 
but staying like true to some principles throughout the whole creation process that led to it. I think it all feeling really organic and unique versus kind of like forced and overly influenced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge Enya fan. Boom. I think you, it. Yeah. You, either <laughs> you either reference that on the last episode or. I was going to say, um, did I talk about that? Did last you talk about Enya last I watched your, the, I watched your purgatory song, I TV episode oh yeah well, yeah uh, yeah i talked about the because and i yeah. think you talked about enya on that as oh, well and then so, when oh, joel we'll said that to uh, me without me telling him anything about that that right there was like oh shit this there's another like uh uh there's another um what's the word i'm looking for there's another uh there's more evidence that that what you're putting into what you're doing is really close to your influences. Yeah. It's cool. Cause like, you know, as a guitar player, I feel like the guitar player is such a uh, kind of like an expression in instrument, like just the way you, you, you play one note, you can kind of almost tell certain people are playing it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can name a bunch of guitar players that, they, they play some simple ass riff and you're like oh that sounds you know like jack white's a good example he plays hell simple shit it's like oh yeah this is just the way he plays it right or anyone right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way the way dimebag daryl just hits open notes is just unique mm-hmm. um and i i just feel like everyone kind of brings that into it and me as a guitar player i'm really like a rhythm player and the more i've gotten into the computer the worse i've gotten that guitar so it's like kind of using the guitar as like just more of like a backbone, but also not really like veering away from how I play it. And the mm-hmm. same with the vocals, like no matter what kind of music I make in metal, it's still going to have a, a death metal vocal. And like, I know my vocals have been really influential on like the death core wave of the last decade, but I right. still really feel like my vocals are like just, they're like death metal vocals, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, they, yeah. there's, there's some range to it. And I could definitely see how like the death core wave is, is influenced by those sounds and whatnot. But like when I approach it, I, I feel uh, like I'm just doing death metal. Like I've never felt like a death core vocalist. I've always right. felt like it's a death metal style. So I think that's a nice pillar in disfigurings. Um, Experimentalism I'll, you, I'll see you in like the I, I've always even from back in the MySpace days, you were like in the Maddie Way category for me. Yeah, I never thought of Deathcore. It was always Maddie yeah. Way, brutal death metal, brutal guttural, like the lowest of the lows type shit. And I like how that's just like a pillar of my style like i can't change the vocals you yeah know, i can't do a different type and of i don't want I, you to yeah and I, you know it's funny too with like the brutal machine specifically i was really i wasn't like picking a key for each track before i was writing it but i would kind of like you know obviously find a key and i would write in that key for that song but i wasn't as intentional as like okay i'm gonna write this next song in f sharp or, or whatnot you know and the the key that I, I write in, the vocals definitely, like I, I did, I'm doing a remix for this artist called Julia Wolf. It's a Disfiguring the Goddess remix. 
and the key it's in, I'm not used to like doing vocals in that key. So it's interesting to like feel my tonality shift to like fit in the, yeah. in the pocket of the, of, of the sound, you know, of the music. And, um, but I think that's like the one kind of thing that I can stretch a little bit. Like, I think like make it all right. That song has got some really cool tonality to the vocals. And I just feel like that's not so much of me changing how I do vocals, but it's just me doing vocals in that key, even though it's not like a harmonic type of vocal type, you're not singing really. It's, it's, it's just, it's still tonal, like, but you need to have that residence right? and yeah. that peak where it's like, you know, just like anything right. really. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's in tune. Do his vocals in the certain key. <laughs> I was just, I was, sorry, I was talking before I brought it up. I was making sure with Gilbert, am I right on this? I think Mullen is Frank Mullen's the same way. If you, if you come, if you listen to his vocals, he plays to, or he vocalizes to the key that they're playing in. You can tell yeah. like a lot of like death metal singers, it just kind of clicks better when they're. Yeah, it's I've not, never you know, people even, are growling and shit, but like when yeah. like the melodic value of it, if they're like in the key, there's a key there. There's a key. Yeah, the, the, it's the resonance peak needs to yeah, be yeah. in yeah. in key. Um, yeah, I'm always I, ye yelling at Anthony for doing a C sharp. I'm like, it's fucking C. <laughs> Shut <laughs> the fuck up. Come on, dude. <laughs> we ought to tune a lot of Anthony stuff, dude. All right, yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> but uh, secrets out. You know, I've I started. In 2021, I started kind of writing music uh, with a lot more like kind of like a systematic approach to it where I would kind of like be pretty familiar with the structuring I was going to do. And I would definitely know the key I was in upon like the very first like catch of that where you, you do something that catches you that you know you're going to follow that all the way through. You, you know mm -hmm. your flow state just opens up. Mm -hmm. So I was I was really getting used to doing the whole key thing and just writing all kinds of songs. And then when I because I never thought about a key ever with disfiguring the goddess. I mean, even not even in electronic music either. I just would write songs. But um, I was reading about um, just how Meshuggah's gear is, like how they tune their guitars or what string string gauges they use. And I was just curious about um, their whole approach because for the most part with a guitar, I've kind of just tuned it to, I haven't really paid much attention. I'm not like a big guitar guy to where I, I know that the string tension or what, what have you, I, I, it's been kind of random and it's funny, like looking back, there's been a couple string gauges and tunings that like I really like, and there's been string gauges and tunings that I really don't like. And I, I don't have like a, I didn't, I haven't nailed it. So I was kind of doing some research on what sugar does and they actually tune so their vocalist can uh, sound better with their songs, and I thought that yeah, was yeah. really, really unique. Like I there's was like, a lot oh, of bands, okay. a lot of bands that like, especially when they get older. There's bands that will they'll tune down a half step because their vocalist can't hit that anymore, and they're getting older, and they'll tune everything down a half step or a full step just so that the vocals can be in that pocket, you know, and just like still hit that because like, like you know, Slayer or something that's going, you know, like with Tom Araya just mm. going like. He's like doing that angel of death scream. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, uh, yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, he can't like hit yeah. it anymore or something. And his vocals are just like, you know, he's, he's fucking 50, you know, he's been yeah, retired for three it's years, hard, but dude, it's hard. But like, yeah, it's, 
just like a, it's a catching the string yeah string gauge string tension and tuning and stuff too there's certain ones you find every now and then that are just butter you're, especially for playing where you're just like randomly like oh fuck and there's scales of guitars and mike's gonna get probably wet on the conversation but um there's like the different <laughs> scales versus uh <laughs> versus uh like the the string tension and i mean, I mean that's obviously give me the tension but like the string gauges in the in the different scales of the guitar and then if you like drop d on something and then all of a sudden it just like fucking your pick is just flying through it like butter you're like mm-hmm. and you can still go fast you can still go slow you can do everything fine like there's there is a beauty of finding that like middle ground what are you gonna say mike <laughs> just show off your teeth dude you got good teeth <laughs> the goal the floss for me the the goal is to have a uh, consistent string tension regardless of whatever tuning you're you're in so yeah, i try mm-hmm. to go for you know i try to match the string tension so whatever string gauge is required at whatever tuning to get the same string tension is what I go for. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes too much sense. I wish I, I thought of that. I wish like uh, every time we could talk about guitar, like my favorite death metal guitar player could just pop in and yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just go, I'll go take a nap real quick and you guys yeah. talk for an hour. It's like, yeah. Just, you have to, uh, Tom Cruise just comes on and just gives you like that nugget. Yeah, yeah. if you're an actor, just Tom Cruise just goes like, actually, when I was acting, uh, yeah. I would actually do this. I got a question for all of you or and, and or Mike. Uh, so like, but what if I get with one of those like guitars Mike's that are like, this. that like are like, that have like the, not like the micro tunnels, but like the fan kind of frets were like, like like the nut will be like slanted. And like, so like the low string is so the, like, it's not like a bridge, flat, you the know. bridge is slanted too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even have any. No, it's but the like same. Just, it's the yeah. same. It's, it's yeah. Mike will explain it. No, the bridge is not always slanted. There's a for zero a, for fret a, for a There's... for a a, flan, uh, for a fan fret guitar. Yes, it depends on the the fan. So some less fan guitars, the zero, what you call the the neutral fret, would be uh-huh. the the nut. So okay. like on yeah, a Strandberg, yeah. on a Strandberg, the, the nuts angled then. The nut, no. The on a Strandberg, the nut is still (laughs) normal scale length. So the uh, neutral fret on guitars that have a a wider scale length between the first and the sixth string, or the first and whatever string, um, those are usually like somewhere around five to seven. uh, The fifth or seventh fret, right around there, is kind of like the neutral fret, and then it fans one direction below that and then it fans the other direction when you get up high but those are for like guitars that are so like a a strandberg is 25 (laughs) gauge or excuse me 25 inch on the first string and 25 and a half on the sixth string right that's not a really wide fan so on other guitars where you're dealing with like a 25.5 on the first string and then like a 27 or something aren't, on the sixth. Aren't there ones where like the like the nuts slanted? Like on well, certain- yeah. So if if it's a wider uh, multi scale range, yeah. No, Strandberg's not, not, not a big multi scale range. The, the neutral fret is somewhere like around the fr- the fifth fret. You know, yeah. that's the one that looks normal. Wait, what do y'all mean by nut? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say my nuts are slanted as fuck. <laughs> that's part of the guitar. 
No, it's the you know the part where the strings go on, you know. It's the balls with the coming out, dude. This is what happens when gear talk happens, dude. We're just like, wait, he just said nut. (laughs) No, I'm learning stuff. Be be careful when you talk about string tension around us, dude. We'll we'll get all weird on you. Yeah, (laughs) but like I, I I guess I was saying like I, I know it's a thing because there's been times of tuning and different strings that I've been buying on different guitars that just feel better, and I've had definitely parts of my you know, guitar playing life, or like I just don't like my guitar. Like I, nothing feels yeah, good. You don't, I don't you like, don't I don't like writing up. on it. You don't want to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. It's kind yeah. of like I, don't, I, I know it's connected. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Do I need to get a new one? <laughs> just, <laughs> just one, just break all of a sudden. No, I know um, that. That's that's kind of like when you get into like what what Mike's talking about. Kind of like you get into the like why doesn't this feel good? Like, and you start like breaking down like tensions versus like, uh, like, uh, you know, your truss rod and like trying to get like way deep into it. And like, you can make pretty much any guitar feel good, but you have to get fucking nerdy with it if you want to yeah. or have a guy or have a guy. It, it sucks too right now because like that's kind of why I was thinking about getting a new guitar because like I, I write songs in different keys all the time and I'm not really thinking about the guitar when I'm writing a certain song. And sometimes I have to tune the guitar differently in yeah, for yeah. one specific song. And that's fine because I'm just, you know, in a studio recording and making this stuff. But I, I'm not like, like, I'm like, let's just record this and get it done with. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, this feels awful, <laughs> but it sounds fine. Or I can't really tell, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, that's, that's kind of funny, too, about the Brutal Machine is like the... I knew the concepts were good. Like if anyone watching this is familiar with the, um, the record I did called soothe. That was like the first mm-hmm. thing I did where it was really like a true fusion. Cause I've always been using atmosphere and ambient elements and synths and this and that in the yeah. music samples. But soothe was like the first thing I did where it was like the samples and the, the, whatever you want to call that aspect of the music was like as a main of an element as anything else on the cover. Right. Yeah. It's like an orange logo, dude. No, that's the, that's the blood animal. It's funny. Cause like I did a caterpillar and then I was doing blood animal. It was actually called something different. Blood animal was what I wanted to call a black metal project. So I always got to feel like there's something funny time and i just switched it last minute but uh did we lose him like in tradition we got to keep his face yeah, up there I, and uh, I, keep yeah, talking I, uh, and, you know? yeah i had a premonition about a frozen face on this i guess by talking about chris's face freezing that happens dude that's all good <laughs> Let's do uh, okay. So yeah. multi-scale guitars. <laughs> yes, go back to that. Do it now. All right. Let's get back into this. Is he back? No. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's perfect. Part of why multi-scale guitars are very cool. Is... Yeah, I, I like how I'm like my internet's fixed and then I just disappear. <laughs> I just said that. He's back. Um, you're, all, you're all good though. We got you now. Yeah. I was just saying uh I was kind of doing multiple records at once and at the very end of that blood animal record which i did with the original vocalist of disfiguring he's never been on any of like the catalog stuff that he was like the vocalist before we ever recorded anything 
mm-hmm. and we're just good buds. So I was like, let's do another record together. And it's funny because no one ever like notices that there's two vocalists on that entire record. So it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the end of it, we were getting into the whole sample stuff big time. And then before we finished that, I was, I like wrote half a soothe and soothe was had this like this ultra beef part of it. But the brutal machine is basically like the evolution of that thing that soothe kind of started, which is like the combination, the main, like how the synths and everything is just as main or just as important as the right. guitar and the drums. And I feel, I feel happy with the composition of the record. I feel great with kind of like everything about it. The thing I was um, unsure of if it is if I nailed the production aspect of it because I, I mixed it on MacBook Pro speakers and these like cheap Sennheisers. And like, I could, I knew, I, I just was trying to get it to sound good on my laptop basically. And then I got it, I got it mastered by an absolute boss. But mm-hmm. like in terms of the mixing, I was like, I don't know, it was kind of funny, but. um. Well, I mean, most people are listening to their shit on their laptop right yeah yeah but I, like i've since got some speakers and the speakers i got are like the craziest speakers i've ever had in my life by far so it's 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 definitely nice to be able to hear multiple dimensions of and it's the speakers have really taught me about how quiet i've had certain elements like there's like things i'm listening to my new speakers that i'm like i turn up like 20 db and i'm like oh that sounds great or before yeah. i was like I don't know if that's too loud or not. I can't tell. So, so I was really kind of like uh, nervous that I kind of like the, the production engineering aspect missed was, was like the songwriting and the ideas here. And then like, I was, I need needed the production to get good enough to honor that to where like you could feel it when when I, what I was trying to put down. Well, uh, I I definitely felt it. I felt well, it, yeah. When the first single dropped and the reception was good, I was like, "Oh, I, I, I hit it! Like this, this will be good. This, this will do." You know, the production is not going to be on like some radio level where it's like transcending the world, but like it's going to like make the waves to the people who are going to like pick up what I'm putting down with it. And yeah. Yeah. it's truly, it's like the the when I say radio waves, it's like I think it could you know, reach a lot of different types of people and stuff, but truly like the people who are probably going to latch on to it the most are going to be like, you know, people around our age who have been listening to like death metal for mm-hmm. 20 years. And this but like love other shit as well. Yeah. Like soil work was like a big influence on this record. And I've like grew up loving soil work too, and stuff. And just the way they write songs and, I don't know. So that was kind of like a, it's just an ode to a lot of stuff without really trying to be like, I never had like a moment where I was like, Oh, this sounds like so-and-so I just was like, you know, you made, a good, you made a good point with that though. You made a good point earlier. You were like, you know, we have a bunch of influences and we're using a bunch of influences, but we're not being like, all right, this is the part where it's like this, this is where it's like this. It's kind of like melding them somehow co- uh, cohesively. So they're not like, so they're all in there. But they're not like, oh, this is our, you know, Enya part. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. that. It's like it's yeah, like yeah. it's melded in the background where it's not like yeah. 
that's what that's what actually that's the first when you said that that's the first thing i thought about when i was listening i was like there's like black metal in here there's like there's all but the, the thing is like i wouldn't call it black metal but for it basically just melded in it's like it's vibe, oh man. yeah it's no i tell you know what you mean because i'm a big yeah. black metal fan like I, I one of my favorite bands of like probably the last month or so like i've just been listening to dark funeral like non-stop yeah, uh, yeah, the, whole, yeah. the whole catalog like just been yes. rinsing it i mean i love that newest record and i was jamming that when it came out but i don't know what happened just like in the past couple of months i've just been rinsing it like all the time that 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 songwriter in that band that guitar player he's so sick he the, writes the best riffs no and i also and I, I i i hear uh early the second wave norway in there too there's some over demo style oh yeah older. but like it i would call the new disfiguring like like it has black metal influence but it doesn't sound like dark funeral in the slightest right like atmospheric black it. metal like atmospheric yeah. black metal. it's like got it's a funny. atmosphere about it did I tell the old man's child story last time I was on here? No, but remember. what? What? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you did actually. No, I say no, but I think you actually did because I was thinking today I was listening to the album for the hundredth time in the last fucking few months, and I got, I got to that song where I was feeling these early, uh, what is it, Bergat over era. And oh, yeah. really, like, for all tids, storm blast, demo, and I was like, but wait, there's also another. And I was like, old man's child, that's one that I'm getting. And then that clicked with me. Like, I remember him talking about old man's child. So I don't know yeah. if I again saw you on another podcast, Purgatory TV, or if it was ours. But I can't shout out Purgatory. figure out. Hell yeah, shout out. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where I heard it, but I know that you had mentioned Old Man's Child somewhere for me. Yeah, too. I, I love all that early Demu stuff. Like, literally, basically, uh, the re-recording of Storm Blast and before. That's mm-hmm. like, I love that whole catalog. So yeah. good. Yeah. And and then, you know, the guy from Old Man's Child is on it, and he does vocals on some of the stuff on Death Cold Armageddon. Um. Mm. Just like in yeah, the you background. did. You brought up. You brought up. Uh, Verm- what was the the one that starts with the V? The one with Nick Barker on drums. The old man child with Nick Barker drumming. Oh yeah, that's um, that's uh, you're talking about Vermin, which starts with the V, but it's yep, the, yep, the yep. album is so called. That's the um, album in, that in you brought up. Of existence. I remember that, that, us uh, that album. About- is- yeah, Nick Barker's not on Vermin. He's only on. Oh. Um, it's the one with the creepy chick on the front. Is yeah, that... that's in defiance of existence. Okay, that's the one. so that's Nick. That's Barker. like the that's the pinnacle of old man's child. Yeah, it's just like yeah. that album's so good. Definitely so oh, good. Yeah, dude. And that that was the album where like I got into that because he's the guitar player of Demi Borgir and he does the mm-hmm. vocals on it. And I, I dig his vocals. And that yeah. album is just like it has all the elements that I really liked about Demi Borgir, but it kind of like goes more into that pocket that it's in. And I just love like mm-hmm. the songwriting on it. Uh, on, there's so many things you could uh, redeeming about it. It actually has like some heavy Enya vibes too, with like the way the keyboard he used to do all the, the synths mm-hmm. on it. Oh yeah, very, yeah. 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 Very pad and very lush. Totally, and, um, totally. Yeah. Dude, and that, that part of the, uh, that, that second half is where that starts to, you know, blossom 
Yeah, and the Soul the, Receiver. That yeah. song is like. But I remember listening to that back in the day, and this was before I could do vocals or knew knew about it or whatever. And I was like, man, if I could just do the vocals, I could just do, I could just write all this this, write the whole thing. I, I, but not really write the whole thing, but it was like execute the the feeling of right. how I wanted it to to kind of lay. Um, so I don't know that the Brutal Machine's a cool album. Like when I've wrote a, a bunch of music since finishing it. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, it's all over the, not all over the place, but like there's a pocket here and a pocket here, you know, certain things like certain tempos and certain styles that I was kind of like leaning into for a little bit. And I, I have like all this music and I was not really paying much attention to it because I, I was actually like starting to write music out of fear that the brutal machine was not, was going to be like a huge flop. And like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to like keep writing shit that, feels awful to release you know so i was writing like just like a bunch of death metal really and then mm-hmm. the brutal machine hit like i as soon as the first single came out and i could just immediately i just knew it was going to be flush and feel good so yeah. i just unloaded on um this other album i'm working on but it's conceptually like the whole like what you were what you were talking about in the beginning where like you listen to the whole thing all the way through I think mm-hmm. like the the follow up, I'm not sure if it's gonna have that all the way through where every song is so cohesively similar yet different than the next song type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's due to that like um, probably that little bit of I don't know what it is like. It's an experimentation, but it was also like a fear type of thing. But honestly, like the, the shit I'm working on now is there's a lot more ballsy stuff on it like there's some stuff where i'm like i can't believe you're gonna release this <laughs> well dude, i want oh, yeah. you to i want to make sure that you bask in what's happening with this album being released because um you know the fear of it the reception and all this kind of stuff and now it being out there and you feeling the positive reception i mean you got my positive reception yeah i laugh about that too because like i'll read comments on it sometimes and like i i like when when people come out and they start like expressing that they don't like it i'm like this is good (laughs) hell yeah because you know there's so like the the fan page on disfiguring has like so many people who have liked it and i'm like who the hell are like all these people right Mm -hmm. like who who are they Right. So when I, when I, when I get, when I see someone who's like hates it or they're, they're being very vocal, I'm like, it's also on Facebook. It's like, how do I know? I don't even like, I don't know if they've ever listened to Disfiguring or I don't know if they haven't listened to it and like what albums they've heard or what. Right. Like the, I feel like the fan base is the fringes are very fragmented. The core is tight. The core gets it, but the fringes are like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm, this guy was like hating it and I, i'm i'm sure it was because it wasn't like a brutal death metal record i'm like oh. like i don't know like well, one, some, like, I some say- of like the sickest like brutal death metal musicians i know are like all about it it's just so yeah funny. yeah no that's what's that it's all perspective and that dude's got a shitty perspective dude so yeah, what you gotta look at it is like, like wrong. <laughs> don't even fucking album. like think about that guy because oh, you got all. all the positive vibes over here and and i'm one of those people who 
you know, I wanted to make sure I gave you your flowers when I... I'm going to cap it and post it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a testimony. (laughs) Yeah, dude, no, dude, I'll make a statement right now to the world that this is probably... (laughs) I I told Joel today, dude, I was like, if there has to be something amazing that's going to happen from now to the end of the year, I didn't say this to him, but this is in my mind right now. I, I told him that this is basically my album of the year. And yeah. there there would have to be something miraculous to happen from this point until the end of the year to take this one out of number one spot for me, dude. And with all the production things that you had mentioned, you know, I will say you can tell that it was made at home you know but that doesn't take away from anything that's going on and and the um the way that it all feels like a unit when you're listening to it if you don't ever get to that same thing you know you were saying it's all sporadic right now i'm kind of scattered with everything that i've been doing since then um at least you know that you have that album where it all came you know it all flowed together and dude i'm telling you dude that's a front to back a front to back listen for me is also uh, and that sounds pretentious fuck i don't want to sound like a like a pretentious asshole when i say this but you got to flow when we get older it's harder for me to sit and listen to a newer album from front to back without, you know, my attention being taken from the kids and, and, you know, all this kind of shit. If I get a set amount of time where I can sit down and get through a f- album front to back and love it, that's great. This one makes me sit down. <laughs> this one makes me sit down. This one, or I shouldn't say sit down. This one makes me focus while i'm listening to it a lot it keeps my attention most definitely there the distractions that you would have while listening to music those are harder to break through while i'm listening to this album and i want it i i want everybody else to who's listening to this to just go and take a dive into the waters i want to know what are the waters what's all the water i love it so much and i want to know what your connection with to the water in nevada it's well it's it's funny because like uh i mean i've always liked writing about water and oceans and stuff mainly for like kind of the 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 mystery that water can kind of evoke and maybe kind of like the primordial source of life that water kind of has too but like, you know, I'm, I'm originally from Huntington Beach. I, 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 we moved to Nevada as a teenager. And then after I graduated high school, I moved back to Huntington for a while. Um, so just, you know, although I'm, I'm pretty Nevada and I, I live up here and like, you know, that's the other part of like this figuring is like writing about mountains a lot. This album doesn't have a lot of mountain references on it, but a lot of the prior ones do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of funny that those like the two things I've like dug deep on, but it's like a lot of, I haven't posted the lyrics to the record yet, but like a lot of the lyrics are like pretty positive and like, like right. black wave, I think it's just like literally about surfing. 
Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, like I, I can't remember what it, I don't mean, I, that's the thing. That's why I haven't posted it because the lyrics are like scribbled well, all I mean, over the place. I need to like get them together, but digging on, you know, listening to big chocolate chocolate for several years and, and feeling the vibe with, of, with that project <clears throat> and earlier disfiguring albums, you couldn't necessarily understand with the brutal vocals, what you were saying with those. But with this album, I could tell that you really wanted certain parts to be heard, you know, and there's the everything is going to be okay. Yeah, shit's sick. Yeah, (laughs) that is fucking sick, bro. And not only is it sick, but it's like such a, a easy, positive affirmation that you're getting from an extreme style of music that it's so it's so um targeted in the sense that you have to get to a certain level with extreme death metal in order to listen to death metal and have it tell you that it's going to be okay (laughs) you know (laughs) most death metal will not tell you it's going to be okay you know yeah and with this that you get to this level where it's like not only is this great music to listen to, but it's telling me that everything is going to be okay. And I'm like, whoa, this is a cool kind of weird contrast that I usually hear people telling me I'm going to come blood and fucking, you know, <laughs> murder. Well, you know. I just uh, did a secret listen, a quick listen to the album. Yes, like underneath. <laughs> nice, nice. Here. That's awesome. Like cool. Joel, Joel style, and uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Kinda <laughs> did my homework like right before. And now I can dig the test. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I had to have context, and it was kind of cool. Like as you were talking about it for for a while, Anthony just going on and on, and also listening, and it's like the 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 soundtrack to your talking was like the music. <laughs> so I kind of recommend people if you're watching the podcast, if you're dude, you can put this on like and just right like now stone. i mean there's so many things the background to, we're it's on really cool right because it, it has like like the mix of like like you know how like like music can be like ambient but it can also be like super like like you're, you're like like you're focusing on every note so there's like background music and then the, like the, both like ends of the spectrum yeah yeah i feel like it has both at the same time i agree and it's, and it's almost like bands can do that like that are they're amazing like say progressive bands like cynic or something can do that kind of stuff or whatever beneath the massacre and things like that i mean uh, uh between the bird and me is what i meant to say but mm-hmm. what, what i'm saying is that uh basically like it's I, like i started listening to it and i was just like whoa what is this like this is really <laughs> right, like, right, same right off the bat like you're just like this is super different what is this and then like as it keeps going and i kind of get the overall like like picture somewhat i gotta I really sit down and listen to it but like i was like whoa this is like really cool like this is nuts like there's a total it was like pulling me in and i was like no i have to go i have to go <laughs> yeah, <it's making> me <laughs> so to, happy that's cool yeah so no i right I off the bat share this. yeah no, i was oh, just gonna awesome. say i can share this yeah. with the homies now we can talk about it yeah, behind yeah. the back camera and we're gonna have discussions about you dude it, it's funny like when joel was like i'm just gonna put it on and like i was like oh that's that means that means it's gonna be a good experience because part of the way I kind of yeah. wanted it to be was like almost like a background element to things yeah. where you totally. could really just like put it on and not pay attention to it, but write it, you know, at the same time, like it would just set this like 
I've always been into records where you could just put it on, not pay attention to it. Those are like my favorite types of records. And I I like, those are like records I like to share with other people. And I don't like to share with them like, Hey, check this out. It's just something I'll just like put on when someone's over or if I'm in a meeting or whatever. Wait for the reaction or whatever. Yeah. So like, I think, I think this is the first record I've done for disfiguring where it really had like some background music intentions kind of put into how it is you know because yeah it's it's easy listening it's easy to listen to you know i just got a reference point sorry yeah finish your thought dude sorry i was gonna say i just wanted to be like some some death metal that could like really scratch the itches of like someone who's into serious death metal but also like put it in the car with like your girlfriend and her she she won't like mind you know what i mean totally totally exactly dude that's exactly the point that i was just gonna go into which is i found a reference point which is in april jared got married i had i was dd from the wedding to your house joel and dd gets to put on the soundtrack for the ride and I picked Disfiguring the Goddess. <laughs> That's <the> awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just sat there and waited to see who, because there was a few non-metal people, including my wife, you know, in the car. And everybody... Bada bing. Nobody referenced... Nobody... In their, I shouldn't say yeah, referenced. Nobody said anything about the music it was just such a nice background thing. The only thing that was said was, what is this? <laughs> That's what they said was, what is it? So it was a background thing that I put on, didn't tell them what was going to come on, just put it in there, drove them, and hearing the interactions in the car, just waiting for somebody to, you know, maybe say something about it. And the, the non-metal people were like, what is this? And so that was another test for me that told me like, this may be an album that very well could be something that you could listen to with somebody who is non-death metal to give them an opening to death metal. Yeah. Big time. Definitely. That's, I mean, actually, Anthony, you brought up a good point, too, earlier about how having kids running around and all the things and trying to, you know, like, and still paying attention to it. Like, that's mm-hmm. for me. That, I mean, me listening to the whole album all the way through is a huge compliment. That's like, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've ever done that in the last, like, seven years. I don't think Especially I've ever... for something that you were just like, check this out. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I'm already kind of annoyed because I have to check it out. I don't know why I have this annoyance when people go like, you have to check this out. And I'm like, I'm just kind of like, there's like, yeah, I'm old. And I'm just like, there's like a little annoyance of like, well, I guess like, well, it's, and also too, it kind of comes from this, this place. I I mean, I'm just going psychological with it. It comes from the place. Remember when, like when you would show someone something and then you were the one that found it kind of thing. So mm-hmm. like, so like I'm all Anthony already found this. So it's already a lost cause for me trying to yes. show it to someone else. And like, yes. I'm, and, <laughs> and I listened to it and I, I listened to it the whole way through. And that's for me, that's like I said, like I have extreme, like not extreme ADD, but pretty bad ADD where I'm like, I'll like listen to songs when someone some, sends me a song to listen to and I'll hear the intro and like a little riff in the beginning. Like, cool. I'll like click 15 seconds, 20 like 25 i'll like click through it like a because i'm just mm-hmm. like i'm just i need the thing like give me the th- 
the dopamine. I need the dopamine yeah. now. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a shitty way. I mean, it used to be like I had to like put the CD in from the store that I paid 20 bucks for it. Like I don't have this it has value now. Like I now have to listen to this. And but yeah. now it's like it's so easy just to be like Spotify. Boom. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm not I'm not into it yet. All right. Scroll or right, not into it yet. All right, scroll. Oh, that's kind of cool. Scroll. All right. I got the vibe. The album. I get it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like literally how i do things now and it's well, it, it, it bums me out but at the same time i don't want to like like for something that doesn't catch me i'm just kind of like i don't want to waste all the time and like it's like, kind of like a protection thing you know i feel like speaking mm -hmm. of being old though like with metal and stuff like it's like the old like it's like i mean especially with death metal and stuff it's like back in like the day or the 90s when it, you know it's like there's like you know four bands you gotta know or check out or like five bands or six or whatever like it's like these are these bands you know there's all these other little ones that are cool but like these are the ones and then like and then it's like as time has gone on it's like yeah there's like these 12 bands like you gotta just know these but when, like show, when someone shows you bands yeah, and then nowadays the it's like oh yeah dude there's like oh, 400 fucking bands like it's yeah, like, yeah oh you don't know like a you know, like to dissecting the tree frog or something like, <laughs> like, like there's like so many endless bands. And but you just get like, taken out of the when there's four only like, though. That's the, like you said, there's yeah. four bands, and then someone shows you a band that's like, exactly. oh, this one's gonna be number five and could be number one out of the four. All of a sudden, the, the older you are, the lower the number is. Like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like if you're 50, you're like, there's only I only have room for like 10 bands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? But like, like I've already kids, heard kids all these the days are like, dudes. oh, my favorite thousand bands, dude. Like, you know, what's you know, it's like what. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I feel hundred tracks of hundred songs yeah. of the last month, dude. I don't know. It's like, well, that's funny because I like that meme where it's like favorite bands. I just take all the songs I like and put it into one big playlist. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do that yeah, yeah. shit. I my, know. Like, I my metal yeah. playlist is like just like butt rock with like sick black metal or like oh yeah, some yeah, yeah, catchy totally, death yeah. metal grippy grippy thing. Same, just, like same. every song, I'm just like banger, banger, banger. Oh, me too. You know, Seether yeah. coming on next. Oh, yeah, 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 rules, totally. dude. I was year, one, my top hundred thing, my top hundred like listens on Spotify. was still like the number one is the weekend, and number the two weekend. is like Spawn of Possession, or it's like a gnarly death yeah, metal. Band. Weird, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like watching. Well, it, I was like. Well, I don't want to share this, but I'll share it. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> I actually categorize all my like Apple Music shit to like like genres. I put them all like I I I put them in certain genres. So it's like, you know, I do like electronic ambient or electronic instrument or electron or like shit like that or like metal death and then like you know rock metal and stuff like that. So it's like I, I put it on death metal. Yeah, like or, metal. Or, or, <laughs> yeah. or like metal progressive. And it's all that shit. But then like the funniest part is when I just take all of it and just hit like on like the main play button just shuffle everything and it's just like it's whitney, madness whitney houston and then cannibal corpse and then fucking, you know awesome. like miles davis and then fucking like green day or something you know like, what the fuck is going on? that's the best yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah totally oh. i was I thinking just... about what you're saying with the with the listening to it all the way through and like how you're like i have add so i'm, I'm just like skipping through yeah. like i feel like i've got add too um yeah. and I, the way i look at it it's just like it's a dopamine problem yeah it is so it's i have to yeah so i have to be very uh, very aware of what's giving me dopamine and how to really limit it and if i can limit it then i'm like hella good at things i actually have to do but if i'm like 
like this is why i don't have instagram like we're, you guys are on instagram like oh check this out instagram like guys like i can't i gotta stay away from it like it yeah, ruins I probably, my I probably life gotta, i, I gotta delete my instagram that's getting it just oh, totally yeah, ruins my rolling. life yeah. it's like i don't a, even really use it so it for kills the, show. the dopamine it but does. i feel like with yeah. with that album it it because dopamine is is like a focus right it's like you're trying to focus on something so with that album you can listen to it but not focus on it and you could use the the record as like a way to think about other shit or to do other stuff Mm -hmm. or to like you know give yourself like almost like cause yourself to daydream in a way and so like your focus isn't really on the music sometimes and that's what's funny, like you're, when you're talking about the lyrics too, like certain key phrase, like it all kind of sounds like, like it runs together, but then every once in mm-hmm. a while there's like this key prominent thing that jumps out, like a vocal that's very pronounced or a sample that just kind of hits yeah. you in the way. And it just mm-hmm. kind of like, it, it puts you on like the track of like where, where the record and the tempo and the key yeah. of the record, but then it allows you to kind of like, have your mind wander to whatever it's supposed to wander by whatever it you just got yeah. hit by. You I have just like a little like checkpoints throughout the album that'll bring you right back to it for a little bit and then you can wander off again. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that about songs a lot. Like and I've always kind of thought this and I, I've like tried to lean into this. Like Soothe, I did this a lot. I was like, this is gonna get people thinking all kinds of shit. But I heard James Hetfield talk about this too, where like they're like, "What's the, what's the meaning of this song?" And he's like, "It, it can mean like a hundred different things. Like it's mm-hmm. meant different things to me at different times. It's going to mean different things to you at different times." Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of how I like music too. It's like, yeah, you know, when you get a, a song with a, a meaning that you really are familiar with the meaning of that song, then it's cool. But like even before you knew that meaning, it you like, oh, this song, you, you're applying it to yourself in that way where you're you're processing your own memories or experiences or or ambitions through whatever you're i think um, it's probably the same exact thing when people read a book and then it gets adapted to film and then they're disappointed what the fuck is reading a book dude my add i've never i mean i think about that too with with reading because like i'll read some books where they'll preface like the introduction will be kind of like instructions on like how to handle this book or whatnot and some some books i've read that i've liked a lot and this is the thing too with with books too is like you need to reread them a lot of times or reread yeah. them throughout your life there's books that people read every year mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. it's different things kind of jump out to you at, at when when you read it and whatever sticks with you or like what means something to you when you're reading it is kind of what you need to take away from it at that point right you know like when a book doesn't have a summary at the end of the chapter it's like that's a good thing because you're not supposed to like have what they want you to get out of it summarized. You're just supposed to take mm-hmm. whatever you're, you're like got from it and run with it. And then when you read, reread that book in a month, you'll, you'll be like, well, oh, this is like a totally different book to me now. Like, or you reread right? it a few years later and your life has changed yeah. and you have a different perspective. Then you yeah. read it and certain things will jump out more than others. And yeah. Totally. I want to jump in real quick about the idea of like kind of going back a second, like about like oh like like sensory, like like levels of sensory output, like in the music or focus in the art or the film or whatever it is, but like in, in your case in the music, like I think having this like 
kind of an ambient sensory like constant going on like creates this interest and connection and you're kind of like ah oh, it's music like i can like just glide on it and then all of a sudden there's things that happen that you like focus on that you're like oh that's really cool and then it kind of goes back and you can kind of like chill on it like and there's and it's like the, but the whole time you're like interested but you can have it in the background or not like and i don't know like you know i think that's like really pleasing to like the brain and like and sensory because you're not overloaded but you're constantly interested like yeah and, and it's i think that's like kind of the eternal balance of like like a, a lot of times um something that's really complex or like here's a lot of information some crazy shred thing or something but then like mixing that with like chilling out and giving you like a break in between like jazz can do that pretty well actually like or like certain music mm. like it knows that like it like or even classical like 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 that's like part of the whole structure like it's like uh, intuitive but like in metal that's not necessarily there's no rule book or like there's no you know there's i mean everything's just so unique and creative that like some bands just naturally like find that pocket of like when to chill back and when to shred or when to create like something complex or when to create a more ambient thing and that kind of vibe and that's like like, like there's some like there's some albums that like are so insane constantly constantly that you get i can't even get through the whole album like it's like yeah, so yeah. much like i'm like i gotta like listen to like half of it and then like yeah we eat some pizza and then come back like it's like, <laughs> <break>. <laughs> or a banana yeah yeah i feel that way about like the first fast and the furious movie i can watch all the way through but the further i get in the series i'm like i gotta take some breaks yeah. <laughs> is that but, shit good because i I've dude, literally watched it's so watched funny because first... i think you made a fast and the furious reference on the first time you came on to me <laughs> really? it felt like it felt like when i watched fast and furious it felt like kind of like a dawson's creek like reading like reading like off a teleprompter like i don't believe you guys when you're talking kind of thing and i I just like immediately bailed. I was like, no, nope, I'm out. No, nah, not gonna lie, fast. But and a furious, lot of people love them. First one, legit. First one, first too one. fast and furious is, has lines for days. Okay, what about so the 15th? What about the 14th one? What about the 14th? The 14th one? I've only seen up to five. <laughs> up to five. And and they, they okay. get they get more and more. There's a funny analogy in the first one where uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I want to say Vince, but I know it's wrong. And no, but, I um, think you're right. Maybe I'm right, but he's 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 trying to impress that chick that Paul Walker's macking on, and he comes in and he's like smacking the microwave. I'm like, this is an analogy of how technology is is bad in Fast and Furious. <laughs> the only high tech I want to see in Fast and Furious is them playing a PlayStation on the front dash. You know, I want to see any bank heists yeah. and them like hacking into the systems of the city or whatever. Get out of here. Get out of here, dude. Yeah. I'm in the mainframe. I'm in the mainframe. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, you're good. You're good to go. You know, steal, steal $4 billion from the drug dealers. Like, do it. That movie's They get ridiculous. But I want to talk uh, back about what Casey was talking about, um, what you said about like dialing things back and bringing them back really mm -hmm. resonated with me. And then you compared it to how jazz does it. Cause like a breakdown in jazz is the part of the song where it gets to its most fundamental thing of the whole song. And then it kind of builds like back up climax? for the outro. No, it, it's, it's like, you know, you have your song, the root, right? The roots, it, the root. it, it just gets so stripped down. Sometimes the players play really soft. Sometimes mm. it's just like one or two instruments playing. 
You know, yeah. when you see it live, they improvise. So it's, it's all like, about them just like, like just chilling on stage, like smoking a cigarette. Like I'm done for a little while here. Like I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, my trumpet, like, like they got That's their so suit funny. on and they're they just like a breakdown. It's the, literally they're taking a break, it's a break. It's, yeah. They're taking it's, a break. Yeah. Whoa. It's the most simple part of the song. And I've, I kind of yeah, experimented with that. Blown right now, guys, because breakdown. I never even. That's what it's it supposed together, to be, but... dude. No, I mean, it's the yeah. breakdown most technical part of a metal song. It's usually just like the jun 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 jun. Yeah, it's, know, it's, it's not, a. It's, uh, it totally you know, is fundamentally. A break for it's everybody. it's yeah. it's very it's, the, it's usually some of the most simplest parts of of a metal song. Kind of a but break, in, yeah. in terms of energy, it's supposed to be like one of the most intense part of the songs. So when yeah. you do that, it kind of like. It's yeah. like it's the most simple, but it's also the most intense and it's dramatic. It's dramatic. And with yeah, this figuring, yeah. I've I've tried to really like I mean, I think on like Sleeper and Circle of Nine, some of the earlier shit, I was doing a lot of breakdowns and stuff, but I, I think like with Black Earth Child was the first one I started doing I don't know I, I there's breakdowns on that record, but the songs would have like kind of what we're talking about where it would just get really simple and, and like take its time to like stretch it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And on this record, like there's a couple breakdowns that are on it, but I, I, I wrote it all as a bridge at first, where it was really just like kind of like a, a throwback to maybe the intro and maybe just like really removed a lot of the elements, but kept a lot of like the, the main, uh, you can call them like a theme, but it's like the the samples and synths that have kind of been, you know, dancing throughout the song kind of like draw out a little bit. And I, most of the songs I think started with just the bridge that goes back into like the last chorus again. And then when I was wrapping the album up, I, I, I usually added like a, a prop, like an extended, because in metal to me, I think the bridge is like one of the more cooler elements that, that that really kind of if you look if you're if you're writing metal with like a song structure in it like the the, the a typical like you know verse pre-chorus chorus type like a uh, song structure to it mm-hmm. um the, one of the main things that separates metal from rock to me is like an extended bridge where mm-hmm. you can have like multiple sections that only appear that one time in the song just in the bridge itself yeah, before yeah. You, you're either ending the song or going back to the last chorus iron maiden um, would do that shit you know, you yeah know, exactly ended bridges and stuff or like interludes or br- it's the same yeah, interludes yeah yeah because a bridge yeah. usually like has it's vocals like technically well, it doesn't it's the same thing you I mean you can have a bridge without vocals yeah but, you, you, you could call the but, bridge a breakdown it yeah be the same it doesn't thing. matter but like an yeah, interlude is mental yeah. yeah so but, i yeah. i've been kind of that's something I've been messing with more like on brutal machine. Some of those songs I think have some pretty long bridges or some bridges that really kind of like um, shift really like when cave water has got like a proper breakdown in it, no vocals on it, but then like triumph flower flesh um, really, really simmers down. And then when it comes in, it's just like this, like the, the, the vocal from the, the bridge starts extending and it just kind of, moves a little while before and then the last chorus starts with no drums it's just the main uh piano lick that kicks the last chorus off before everything everything kind of comes back in to conclude it so that's a good example of like kind of the bridgey breakdown but some of the stuff i've been you know just in terms of us thinking about this aspect of a song i've been 
like, you know, I'll, I'll write a song that's, and I'll usually write the song with, you know, that simple structure in mind and then come back to it the next day and only focus on the bridge as like a whole nother second session where I just extend it. And sometimes the bridge is just as long as like the whole song is before I put the bridge in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So cool. it's like kind of, it's a weird, you know, talking about songs, I, I always think of the structuring aspect of it, you know? And I think sure. about how, yeah. like, look at, let's look at punk and metal as uh, art forms of music, right? In progressive, innovative art forms of music that I think, I mean, obviously I think metal is way more creative and all these different ends and have spawned way more, you know, different types of metal, but also cultural shit. I think metal's, you know, punk too. I'm just, I'm more of a metal guy. So obviously I think that metal is, has definitely made its imprint on the world and it's continuing to do that. Yeah, punk's kind of become more of an attitude thing. I mean, when you listen right. to hardcore, it really sounds like you could you could hear how like it's the roots are punk rock, not really metal. And then you could tell like like when it as they've grown, like when you listen to Hatebreed or something, it's like Hatebreed's like a heavy metal band. It's yeah, like right. when you pay attention to like the the hardcore roots of Hatebreed, it sounds like punk, punk. like straight yeah, up. Punk, yeah, it sounds yeah. like Sepultura, KSAD. Yeah. But punk, I, I think about a lot with like, you know, it has these elements, right? It, it's fast. It has this attitude and the attitude makes its way into how like the guitar is played and how everything synergizes together to be like that punk, you know, yes. angst. And, real and real think, quick on that. Yeah, it's kind of course. funny how, how like punk, like if you have like certain right style of punk and you have those uh, kind of skank beats, like, mm-hmm. and then you have, or almost you know, or maybe a little bit slower, but almost skank beats. And then you have like thrash, like there's like this weird, like almost bridge and some of that stuff, especially yeah, like, like bands like, like bad religion or something who like, have, oh, yeah. like, you know, like in like, like kind of like guitar, like melodics, of course, offspring and stuff would kind of do that late, you know, but like on a more pop level, but like, you know, like that was mm-hmm. like, and like, like these like guitar leads and stuff like, and it's like, oh, little, yeah, it's like there's like this weird crossover there. But it's like that's, that's as far as it goes. And after that, it's like, no, nah. yeah, yeah, Metallica and just an attitude after yeah. that. Metallica was yeah. way into punk, too. So right. they were yeah. like super yeah, into tell. that kind of stuff. Like, well, oh, yeah. Big Slayer, time. too. Like like the thrash Slayer too. Yeah, I think exactly. in general, thrash was influenced by that, too. Undisputed but attitude, dude. Thrash went to punk. Yeah cover album right big, well, you could tell they're just like good homage you know, actually the, it was between that they, they talked about that later it was between that and them doing like a judas priest cover album <laughs> they were like because they were like those, <laughs> those are those are the two ones the two band or two styles that influenced slayer the most they ended up doing punk but man that undisputed attitude just the aggression and you could tell like where slayer came from in them doing punk covers because you're totally. like oh this sounds like fucking slayer without the like melodic stuff in between it's it's fully punk like it's it's just faster like more the point precise punk the point that cameron's making is punk became just an attitude after a certain point and then metal gave you something more to explore i was i was gonna allude to how punk became like when casey started talking about like the offspring he's like well that's like more pop and the only difference between 
Offsprings hits or like a like a band that transitioned like Blink One Eighty Two. Like you listen to the first Blink One Eighty Two records, it's it's punk. But if you yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to later on when they got big, it's they're making more pop music, and yeah. they're not like they're not making some you know pop record like you would put on like some like legitimate pop music in the sense of like yeah you know like i i don't i don't know what era to write to write to but the main difference is not the only thing that's changed is the structuring Uh, and i think it has to do with the repetition is structured in a way and the singing yeah yeah Yeah, but they they have like these key parts where like you could tell when they were writing it they were like oh this is probably like a bridge or like this is probably like a chorus this sounds like and they they started to kind of like put these things together in these little boxes and i think metal has the same thing in a lot of ways i mean metal is more experimental so you can bend that a lot more but you know we never have talked about on this podcast this whole time is like Mm. crust punk Mm. and like Mm. bands like amoebics like no gods, no masters, and shit. Like his hero stuff. is gone. His hero is gone. Well, they're like fucking heavy and badass. But I mean, yeah, like, yeah and so is Amoebix. But I mean, like the crossover of the crust, like stuff, which is, I mean, Josh used to play, and our our old friend explain well, crust to people that haven't heard it before. Or uh, say what was their name Sage. Um, de- de- detrimental greed was Josh's band that I'm thinking of. What is but, what is crust to the people that don't but, know what crust is? Well, that are, crust punk, like you know, like yeah, like I, I think 25 and they've never heard of it. <laughs> I mean, and there's even bands like what, like what is it, uh, Dystopia and all those kind of bands that like, oh, were, oh yeah, thick, yeah, or, or even it's, like Phobia and shit. It's but where like punk really rides the lines yeah. of metal. Like it's like it's like, like metal that came from punk. Like as opposed to metal that Not came thrash, from thrash, metal. I guess I don't know like how to explain it, but like or or metal that came from grind or something. But like, yeah, I, I, I was thinking of really punk as heavy grind. Yeah, grind. yeah, yeah. Like or carcass, like yeah, yeah. The carcass, mm-hmm. carcass is kind yeah. of like a dystopia of crap, like all that. But shit. those bands a lot came out of like Not the crass. like Not the crass, an- well, well, they that a lot of them did come from the anarcho punk scene. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like crass, the, it's like black crass records and like you know rudimentary peni and crass and bands like that and shit of course the subhumans and all that kind of shit but like but into amoebics and and like even phobia and bands like that or yeah all kinds dude. Of dude and all that shit was down here like when i used to in Shout high school phobia dude going to see it shea cafe cattle decapitation and like like man is the bastard from san diego like oh, all bands dude. like that and phobia yeah. and, that's, that's and, and like and shit. our like, violence and oh, shit. Yeah. But yeah i, I know what you're so saying there's total like there's there's very many crossovers in that the that kind of a punk scene into metal and stuff and it's different than sure like the bad religion offspring that kind of level like there's like different ways that it all crosses and different shit but cameron have you ever heard of man is the bastard no i'm writing all these things down please write it down dude because i think that um i think that you'll be down dude it's uh it's power violence in the beginning of power violence before they even knew what power violence was. Punk did have no, early blast beats, by the way. No Ian guitars. DRI, um, right? DRA like supposedly have the first blast beat. There's like the I mean for like well, it's not even about music. blast beats. I think that I know, the groove is what's gonna pull Cameron into huh. man as the bastard. Um yeah, no guitars, all heavy, heavy distorted bass. Yeah, they're rad. With a hmm. man-made joystick 
uh, weird noise maker that the guy literally just would play an Atari joystick, bro, and use it to make frequencies alongside a bass player and a drummer all about fucking vegan anti-fucking establishment yeah it came from that anarcho-punk dreadlocks you know it's funny you brought the the vegan thing because like a lot of we were talking about crust punk and power violence and grindcore i'm like er, early cattle decapitation sounds a lot more like this stuff than oh yeah they, they like now they well, sound like a death metal band. Like I'm saying, like, crazy. yeah, I'm so, old, I'm, I'm 40, you know, and like I grew up down here in San Diego. And like, you know, in the late 90s, we would go to shows at the Che Cafe UCSD campus. And I remember seeing, like, for the first time, who is this band? What are they called? Cattle Decapitation, right after playing, <laughs> right, right after the Locust play. So the Locust play back in the day, um, you know, Dave Astor was on drums back then and shit. And like, mm-hmm. I think it was Gabe, the guitar player. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh he um didn't he pass away man like i'm back i think he did yeah. <laughs> i'm back I, you said i missed you right at, you said seeing yeah. cal decapitation right after the yeah locust. well i think it was I, I'm, I'm trying to remember yeah. if i got the names wrong i apologize but i think it was that guitar player from the locust and then he did i think he was playing guitar he's playing like a randy Rhodes or something and then he like okay now it's cattle decapitation and it's just him on guitar and then like Travis on vocals and he had like the long hair, like all crazy. And then like, I think it was the same drummer. I'm trying to remember who was playing for what band or at the time. Anyways, Dave, Dave Astor was playing for cattle, the drummer, the original. And mm-hmm. it was just like 90, I don't even know, 99, 2000, 98. I, I can't remember. It was like around there. It says this is and, 96 to 98. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, yeah, it was early. I was in high school, so it could have been any time around then, 97, 98. But yeah, basically, um, and I, all of a sudden, there's just like, and I remember like, there's just this guy like making noises in the mic all crazy. And he's got this, and I just prints around and he's all insane. And it was Travis. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I didn't know any of those guys. And so I was just like, I just saw the Locust play, or maybe it was before the look. I can't remember the, the order, but it was like, and I remember the guitar player was playing out of the guitar amps and the and bass amps, like just everything out of just this guitar or something like that. I think, yeah, and it was just like the crazy. We were just like, "What is this? Like, this is insane," you know. So, one of my first death metal experiences, really, to be honest, you know. Um, That's awesome. They're sick, man. They've always been oh, sick. Yeah, oh, I'm waiting yeah. for that strangulation uh, demo. Yeah, dude. Made right, him and Diego. They've talked about it. They've like posted about it, like them together. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I shared that picture on our. Yeah, yeah, that's, right, that's, right, that's right. so fun, guys. That that those types of things. I'm yeah. like, yeah, dude, unearth a, a cattle the... decap or a cattle decap. Yeah, scourge kind it's of. Diego cattle de Diego Sanchez yep. on guitar and uh, Travis on that on was drums. On drums. On drums. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> yeah. know if he was who was singing. He or did. Was I don't even think he did remember. vocals. I think he was just drumming. Yeah. Yeah, he found out Damn. about it. But either way, dude, yeah. that's like, it's so, uh, that's like, sick, a, a, as an, uh, if you're going to be an archaeologist in yeah. the genre, that right. is an uncovered gem, you know? Isn't it yeah, funny it how is- old we're getting? Or like, dude, Jimi Hendrix, dude. Yeah, I know. We <laughs> fucking, we're like, we're turning into like our that guy who, like, I so saw Jimi Hendrix. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, what? You know, here, here's something I want to, I want to yeah. throw out because yeah, yeah. it reminds me of where we started off with how 
uh, we're talking about skateboarding and how yeah. like these, you know, these early skaters had to really pioneer a lot of this stuff. And like mm-hmm. the, the younger skaters are like, it's, they're all riding on the backs of whoever was before yep. them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we are kind of doing that as well, but I will say that we're not skating. So this isn't this <laughs> like crazy physical dangerous activity we're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, I really, we were like, Oh, we're getting so old. It's like, Man, like I, I'm not surprised that if in like 30 years we're we're doing the same shit and we're talking, yeah. we're, we're, we're still we're still like, doing well, it. I'm gonna have yeah. hip injuries and stuff. So I, well, I, I had I'm gonna hold you to that. that when you're like when 30 yeah. years later you're like, oh man, we're I had a thought about that. Like, we're getting there now, like, <laughs> dude. When I was watching the game earlier, it was like, oh, there's Deion Sanders. He kept coming up in the thing, you know, and I'm just like. Man, dude, I remember him when I was like in you know fucking elementary school, like it was a big thing. And then I was just like, Man, like it's so funny because all the old dudes like in football or whatever, they just they just like watch or or they comment or they're on shows and they're just like in the crowd, like, yeah, like watching their old (laughs) but when I was like thinking about like metal and stuff and our stuff, and I was like, No, like a lot of these dudes are like cannibal, like they're out there still fucking oh yeah, yeah, still shred, like yeah because they're, they're not getting they're not measuring like how yeah, fast like, you're gonna go how fast you can pick and they're like no we're gonna get the next fastest picker in here but uh, i mean like yeah. even yeah. that like I, I think bands can still shred until like even musicians like the jazz guys like 80 year old fucking drummers just murdering it like on, you know it's like i, don't I watched know, an like, alex webster interview today yeah and uh i was like damn man he is he's you know like all fully gray like and he's like yeah. Fuck yeah this next album's got the He's like still into it. He's yeah. still into it, and I'm just like, damn, that's fucking sick. He's he's still got the same way he he talks about his music. You can watch him like from yeah. now or 25 years ago. He's he'll still like like this next album is gonna be. Well, he still has that same excitement in his eyes. You can see it. Like it's like not even. Dude, it's not something that's like I think it's not seeing, measurable. That's like, that's, that's been my dream guest for this podcast for like since we started it. I know. Yeah, yeah. We'll get him. We haven't. We haven't. Got we oh, he said he was he was down in them ghost. Oh, I don't know. He's a busy guy. It's all good, dude. It's we'll, all good. We'll figure it out. Oh, I was yeah. gonna say finding an 80-year-old like shredder at whatever they do, whether it be sewing or fucking this, this, or that, like drumming, like you were saying, and seeing an 80-year-old drummer, that I think is more inspiring as you get older versus I just, just saw it last week, the, dude with shakti yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying going to like that experience that you just had joel is something that would be so much more valuable to me than going to see the newest six shredding band yeah not you know like i understand that i would go to that show have fun with the people and enjoy the music and and be like oh shit this is impressive these guys are playing but to see the dudes in their past their prime still murdering is (laughs) still still like kind of in a prime a different prime we say to society yeah to to the the norm past their prime yet Hey, I'm still in my prime. Not only am I in my prime, I'm actually still impressing you at times like more than you have already. 
Yeah, I mean, soon, it's you know? for me, like my mom even my mom was like, Oh, you're into death metal and stuff and like fast drums and all these things. And I was like in high school, maybe right out of high school or in high school. And she's all come check out uh Shakti, Zakir Hussain and uh John McLaughlin. I was like, I like John McLaughlin on the you know the Saturday night in San Francisco album a lot, so I'll go check it out. And um I sit down and next to me is a metalhead and I'm, you know, 18, 17 years old and it's a Indian, it's East Indian music. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's a guy with a tabla and a guitar player. And he's all, dude, this is the sickest fucking thing. He's got like metal shirt on. He's like super metal dude. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? My mom, I'm kind of just like, I'm interested. I'll check it out. Mom. Yeah. Like, she's like, she's like, you got to check this out. If you're into like fast drums and, and guitar. And I was like, sure i'll go check it out and i walked out of there and i'm like i think that was the best show i've ever seen <laughs> like i was like complete they were just sitting indian style the whole time and they were just shredding it was the most insane so music sick. i've ever seen and uh and just seeing them uh like a, they they had their 50th anniversary uh two weeks ago and i saw that and it was like completely like they're just super decrepit and old and they're just just as fast <laughs> they still have their whole Thing going like they're they're doing like solos you know like kind of the jazz kind of format where they're all taking their solos and stuff and uh but like also with eastern indie music i was like my brain was just trying to wrap around the whole like how they count how they do i was like completely blown away by that and yeah it's um to see them at that age at 75 80 years old and just fucking completely selling out everything instantly and josh seitman hit me up he's like they played Austin for their last show on the tour. And he's like, I'm trying to buy a resale for like $300 and I cannot, there's no real resales. You cannot get them. It's like impossible. What's to the get name it. of this group? A Shakti. S-H-A-K-T-I. Yep. Shakti. It's, it's a, uh, I think legends. a good intro album would be natural elements. Yeah, they just they released a new album for this tour and it's fucking sick too. I listened to it too. The natural okay. elements is uh where I don't just watch in. them on watch them live or just watch a live video of them to get started because like you need to see like the how they're communicating together and just sitting on a rug. Oh dude. dude. And they'll like and the the, the, the singer will just be like like along with the guitar player, and like it's fucking like Dream Theater's nothing compared to these guys. <laughs> like, these, are, these are the best musicians I've ever seen. <laughs> I it mean, is. Like, it is. It's crazy yeah. shit. And um. And uh, Al, uh, I want to go back to Al Demiola and not go back. I'm going <laughs> yeah, back like, I'm go in my conversations too. before the pod because I was here with Mike, and we had a big blowout Al Demiola session before I got on here, and he continues to keep showing me this mind blowing shit, and it's the right of strings, dude. The R I T E of strings, Aldi Miola with um, uh, um, I can't, I can't come up with any names. I'm waiting for you guys to pull it up. Somebody's got to pull it up for me. He's with a violinist Bob and second, a bassist. Um, it fucking blew my mind, dude. I was I I was open mouthed before we started this podcast, listening to this stuff, dude. <laughs> And um, this is something that I want everybody to experience if they haven't yet. The right of strings, dude. Aldemiola with I, I have a dead cell phone, so I don't I can't pull it up. I, Nobody's got, I've got it. Got so many so many tabs of homework pulled up. 
<laughs> so much right, to well, to. Either so way, I, I, think I said, I said it right. The right of strings, <laughs> R-I-T-E. Well, John McLaughlin, one thing I didn't know about John McLaughlin, too. I'm just going back to Shakti because I'm a fucking drunk asshole. Um, I didn't know he played on all like a lot of the famous Miles Davis albums. Like he was the guitar player on a lot of the, I was like, oh, that's why he got famous. I had no idea he was on like a bunch of the most famous Miles Davis albums. I was I like, Mahavish, man, but oh, my issue is after, but that was like this guy's old. Miles Davis, he's old. I he's like hate that he's dead. He's eighty-one. Oh shit, John McLaughlin is. Yeah. Oh, dude. I just saw an eighty-one gut, eighty-one-year-old man just shred most guitar players. Oh my god! Dude, that's anyway, what I'm saying. It's like I yeah, love yeah, that about life yeah, grandpa. Yeah, back to the point. <laughs> back to the Cameron point, though, because we were all bringing it back. We all went on a tangent with it, but yeah, it's like just do what you love and keep it going. If you can keep going with football, like your ACL gets torn, you're done. You're you can't really like, yeah, you're screwed. You can't like really create anything besides with a microphone and. uh like artists and musicians have microphones their whole lives, you know, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. yeah big time. It's funny. Cause like, that's kind of how I got into music originally was like, you know, I play guitar and I liked music and I liked skateboarding and, and all that. And then I played football and they were like, you guys, you can't, you can't, if you skateboard, you can't skateboard. Not that I was like ever good. I sucked, but I was like, okay, nice. I'll just play guitar. Cause I can't get hurt playing guitar. And then I would like, you know, I'd go snowboarding or skiing. I'd get hurt. I'm like, man, I'm getting hurt at doing everything except playing yeah. guitar. So I was like, I, I can get, I, I thought can, you were gonna I say chill with this. You got hurt playing guitar. <laughs> no, no. I mean, sur- surfing. I never got hurt surfing, but you know, I moved to Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually similar to me. I had like friends that were pro surfers and pro skaters and stuff, and I'd go out and and fucking like go fucking bring a surfboard out and just watch him just insanely tread then i would just get hurt and i'd be like sick dude uh i need to find another avenue of yeah of things they were got like signed and they're just like professional now and i'm like yeah dude i can't do that there's no way i can do that what you're doing that's insane like yeah you know, they give me a doyle big doyle board and they'd be like stand up on the doyle board just like, and they'd just yeah. be like fucking cutting through waves and shit and i'm like cool dude the Doyle board I think I think touring is very difficult I think touring is very exhausting yeah. but that's kind of why I stopped DJing too it's just because staying up late just fucks me up you know mm-hmm. yeah. like going to bed like three or four in the morning randomly like one day a what? week and, and then yeah. if you travel on top of that you're just like yeah I mean so even when I was 21 that shit was wrecking yeah. me yeah. Yeah. being so, a DJ yeah. like your crowd wants it to go till two three in the and it, morning it's crazy too because like the after parties when i got older i got more into the after parties for like the especially in austin when i was living out there because every the scene there is really into that type of music so people who are just fans of dance music will have like equipment at their house so it's like you can go to, to people's go. parties and you could like it's literally like you plug in and you're playing for people like all over again. Yeah. It's it's not it's a different vibe though. It's like people it's like a party, right? So people people are you're at a house, there's maybe like twenty people there or whatever. But to me, that's like the real shit. Like that's like where people discover people like and then you know, who are like in a uh an echelon of like 
really, really being into the scene, right? And it's private. So people are like invited. So the people who are there are all in some type of echelon that is uh, connected to the scene. And being in Austin, it was cool too, because that's where I was living. So like, you know, it wasn't like this random, you're traveling to like Philadelphia and you're randomly there and like someone's like, you want to come to this after party? And you're like, yeah, it's like, it's not totally random. Like there's people, you're a part of that like echelon too. So it's right, like, you're, right, you're right. like, you know who you're around and, and whatnot. So that's, we ha- that's we exhausting. Were lucky. But we were lucky cool. to have something similar to that with uh, the odious and decrepit crowd back in the day we had the house parties where there would be 30 40 people in the yeah, house and the that, connections that, that get formed at that party right dude i party. know that it's, you know? it's the some of those are, are still with me today you know 100 percent, 100 and i love that and and those are the memories that that stick with us dude like what watching a guy get thrown through a window <laughs> at the thunderdome is something i'll never forget dude and it was before i play oh no was that the carnivorous night casey or joel you might you guys might be able to help me was it uh oh uh, it was just one of the, fucking... the window. was it the sleep terror night it's just one, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those uh, uh, Thunderdome party nights where we woke up and there was a fucking broken window, and I was asleep under it. And I, was like, I, was <laughs> I, don't know, I think that was the sleep terror, decrepit yeah. birth, carnivorous situation. Mm-hmm. But like, like, I think my my main point I was getting at was like traveling and touring is like exhausting you know what i mean and you know these older bands like cannibal on that shit like those guys are probably so dialed into it like they're probably so relaxed on the road you know and because they're they're trying to maintain but like i don't know i just i think that's the only exhausting physical part of music is if you're you, you are touring and i don't have any plans to tour at all really like it's not i'm not thinking about it so it's like my whole my whole contribution here on out is like through just making music and yeah. distrib- distributing said music, but also like what we're doing right now kind of has some similarities with what you would get out of like the after party experience, right. Where you're really connecting with people and, and like talking totally. about certain ideas or maybe forming. I mean, it's not the same thing. Cause like, you know, this is, this is like a public thing. We all know it's a public thing and we're not around each other. And even though we have our video cameras on and we're all like into it, and we're kind of used to like the video aspect. You're missing so many like subtle connections yeah. and just like the, the, the real connection you get from being around each other like physically. That's lost in this right now. Yeah. And if so all I, of us are sitting in one room right now. I think the dynamic would be even more supercharged, even though it's oh, 100%. great right now. I 100%. think that, all of us would be on level 10 right now if we were in the same room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm just kind of really saying, too, like, you know, just making music and contributing music to the culture that we're all a fan of. And we've all been, you know, watching since whenever we got involved with it. And then we're all coming together and sharing it. But we're also like, you know, we share it. And that's when we're all like, oh, holy shit, like, yada, yada, yada. But like, us what we're doing right now is 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 
you, you need to like, I think the, sh- the perspective should also be acknowledged of how it is progressive and it is like a contribution to like the stuff we're all big fan of and how we mm-hmm. could do this for a, like a long time. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's important, you know, it's not the same as being, you know, 25 and being drunk at some after party on the road with, you know, a death metal band. Right. But you could do this for a lot longer and it's important. Sustainable. You know? Sustainable. You, you can yeah, contribute yeah. on a, on a sustainable thing. And like, how important is it to have people uh, contribute really? You know what I mean? And people who are like, have um, gone to a, a, a place where like, all of us have made contributions to death metal right right so, so it's like like think th- and here's another thing too like any of us can get hit by a bus tomorrow and you're gone mm. right so yeah. let's say one of us gets hit by a bus tomorrow and like in five years we do this whoever got hit by a bus we're gonna miss them and we're gonna miss the con- <laughs> we're gonna miss the contributions that uh they Very would be bringing true, if they were still there so Jeez, it's like that's deep perspective right there go ahead but it's the truth but it's the truth so it's like you know i I just think it's important for people to like acknowledge that there's a lot of ways to contribute to the stuff that we love and you know the the culture of metal is in my opinion like it's never been more interesting and there's never been more uh like I just think the the 2022s or whatever this decade is, the 2020s is yeah. gonna be a, a sick decade for metal. I really do. I think it is too, dude. We're in the I beginning. That... It's like, you know, look at oh. 93 compared to 98. Like that's a big. There's a lot of shit that happened. Oh, in that, dude, that that's, time. I feel like that's gonna be this my, decade. You hit my sweet spot right there, dude. From 93 to 98, so much happened. Um, yeah, or compare 2002 to 2008 like that's like radically different worlds so much yeah yeah so i think it's gonna be i don't know but yeah there's my positivity would you would you guys if you guys had a switch because i think a lot of the things we've bitched about as far as like being older and like not going to the record store and not doing anything like (laughs) i think think a lot of it has to do with uh social media so and a lot of the easy connectivity of, of, with a lot of things, which is, you know, it's awesome because we can get all this cool music. Um, it definitely devalues it. It makes it not. Oh, as cool. yeah. It makes it like just, uh, oh, there's been bands that have released albums. I'm like, so sick, dude. Now listen to it for a week. And I'm like, all right, next. You know, like when I was younger, <laughs> I would just be like, dude, this is my album for the year. Like, this is I'm going to listen to this all year long. Um, yeah. Would you guys if you guys had a button in front of you, would you guys press it if it was getting rid of all social media with one button press or no uh, oh shit um it causes a lot of relationship issues it causes a lot of things there's a lot of things no that come i there's a lot of positive about. things though too there's a lot i of positive see all the negatives uh, you're talking bands about. you've never um, heard of uh, you, you would never have heard of because of social there, media social media is an inevitable type of thing it's like the internet you have to go back you have to go further back and go let's just get rid of the internet then yeah yeah you know like yeah I think it's an inevitable evolution and like i think it's more about like like what like a lot of i mean i don't know all the like details and history of what happened but like how ever the fuck this got set up to where artists just just get paid shit for streams and mm-hmm. like all these platforms and i love streaming but like why the fuck aren't 
musicians making any money from that's bullshit that makes no sense at all like like the deals that these streaming companies have made with the labels and how that's all worked out is complete shit and like that doesn't i don't know how how that i don't know all the details of that but i'm just saying that's it's funny because with with that I, i i've literally i can't remember when i've like made this like verbal connection in my head but music is like it's it's basically free and i i acknowledge that yeah like yeah. i just like even on my band camp i was like this is all free like everything's name your own price like i don't care like the i the the, the whole idea of like making money from music or like like you could have like you could you, you didn't have to have a lot of fans you know 10 15 years ago to make decent money if if you were getting your music supported right mm-hmm. but now it's like you need to you need either to have like certain aspects of it really on point like with a merch type of thing or um you'd had you need like a fuck ton of, of people streaming your music all the time to like really see the financial side of it you know but it's like I, I've kind of just like given up on it. Like I, I, well, yeah. I don't even care. Like it, no, it's no. like a total contribution. No, no. I look at it, but but I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like it, it it's made it like cheaper. Like the whole experience in general, in a lot of ways, is like this. I'm having to get used to it in some ways too. Like to, to like really adapt yeah. into like newer newer music and whatnot. Um, but like it shouldn't oh, yeah. be it shouldn't be like i mean it's like making money like with it isn't like the the issue like i'm talking about like music being like there's like a whole thing around of that like like uh like i just think that like okay so like the dig like the like the technology to so say for movies and stuff which has changed like to some degree going to see movies and doing so but movies still are successful like like compared to albums it seems like unless you're taylor swift or you know some crazy you know what the, i mean but they, have a visual, the they have a visual visual element though yeah no that's true for sure but like but i mean like if, if you think of it really like what it comes down to is like what once like so like the main me- medium of music became digital with cds right like in mm-hmm. the 80s or the 90s whatever like late 80s so like cds okay so okay, so now you have a digital medium, like instead of analog and, and whatever before, and so then now like this can be like it, it's digital before like e- well they had computers, but before computers were like commonly like able to like upload that into an MP3 or a wave or whatever and like shared you know, and then it was like okay now oh now it can do that now we have internet now that can be shared like globally and that's when it got devalued really because Napster. Like, well, yeah, but I mean, just just the internet, like the ability to take these like digital like copies of this medium, which before was like vinyl, like that can only be bought, you know. Mm-hmm. So like now it's like okay, now it's like it, it can be shared for free because of the internet and like all this stuff and like and like it's it, it's like the way that, that the technology happened and like the way that the industry reacted to it and the deals they made and all the things that happened, there's like so much to it, you know? Right. Like, oh yeah. And like, and I don't know, like, again, I'm not an expert. Like I've just, I've seen little yeah. pieces of it, but it's like, it just got turned into a shit deal. And the companies like the technology or the companies that own all that streaming and own that technology or the, all of the, you know, all that stuff, like just completely made the well, worst deals. Like, I don't know. I know Spotify, like the way Spotify works is, um 
So they, I don't know how like the mechanical royalty aspect gets to like generated, right. Or or accounted for, but basically they take 20% of all their income off the top. And that's what Spotify makes. The rest of the 80% goes to all the, the people who are getting the streams. And the way they divide that all up is you get a percentage of whatever your percentage of, like if, let's say there is a, a hundred people, a hundred people listen to Spotify all year and that's all the money they made. And you had two listens of that a hundred, you got, you get 2% of that 80%. So the more of a market share you have of people listening, the more of the money you're making. So it, that's how it's like just the money is distributed, mm-hmm. but it, it, I don't, so that's why it's like when someone's like, how much do you get paid per stream? It's like, well, it depends on how many streams there yeah. are annually and then how much mm-hmm. of that I contributed to. So it's like, theoretically, let's say you have uh, a thousand people who listen to your music on Spotify and they're listening to your music on Spotify for like 15 years. In 15 more years, there's going to be a lot more people listening to music on Spotify than there was back then. So now mm-hmm. you represent, even though you have the same number of people listening to your shit, you represent a smaller number of the market share. So you're getting paid less. Right. So yeah. it's just like, it's, it's just interesting um, how yeah. it's, it's been shifting it's, around. And it's also like, 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 like labels or, or like people putting stuff out are going to like do less or, or because like they'll straight up like tell us like, oh, we don't sell like, like we used to like digital or like physical media so like so we make a lot less so we can only give you know very so there's like less and less down the chain of like getting a nice recording done in the studio which like that's real like that's not digital like i gotta go and pay this person like for their time in a a actual real studio to actually record real music and then like get it put out all digitally like you know it's like it's like so it's like yeah it's that disconnect from like the analog real world to the digital like and it's it's just like where it's at now. Like what well, used to be like kind of what what the what a brutal bliss is saying in the, the chat. It's kind of like used to be like you had to get someone's attention and get a analog thing or something to send to someone. And now it's just like, mm-hmm. oh click, click it, oh link, click it, listen to it, boom. They have to, yeah. get to get their ears to like get a package in the mail and just be like, All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, this is what they're looking at. All right, what's going on? And then like and still like, I mean, we talk like you know spotify i mean obviously they're ripping a bunch of artists off but the thing is like were a lot of these artists that were kind of like you know hadn't made it or kind of like underground were they making a bunch of money off the label like back then they weren't making anything they were making probably negative money back then and i think they're kind of taking that same structure just going like whatever you're not you didn't make anything back then so if you want to make money from us that means that you get the publicity from us showing you the yeah. music and then you go on tour and you sell your merch and you sell your tickets and that's how you do it. And it's kind of like the same record industry kind of like uh, just the, the the whole it's how it's been drawn out from the beginning, which is like the record industry takes the money and then you get paid shekels on yeah. top of it, you know, a little bit. But, but it's, it's like I've never heard of a band like selling, you know, 50,000 albums. And be like, dude, we all got paid like five, ten thousand each. I've never heard of that. I've never. Yeah. Like, it's always been like no, you got to go. Sure sell your shit on the road no matter what if they're spotify or not like you gotta like they're taking the slice of the pie they're taking like like what you were saying cameron they're taking probably you know back in the day with cd sales they were taking maybe 
you maybe made 25 cents an album or maybe less like back in like the smashing pumpkins days or something you know like or like you know they had the the yeah yeah something it's ridiculous it's like with the paying the yeah. Your your agents well, paying the label, paying everyone. It's like you're getting like twenty five cents to a dollar. But album. if you're selling like fifty million albums, you know you're like okay. Well, well, like yeah, they're making million. like five hundred million dollars. But, and you're but like why were bands like Smashing Pumpkins selling fifty million albums like back in those times? Is because like also you had MTV and you had like yeah. that was. I mean, it's that's like a, there's so many parts to it. Like it, it's hard to say like. Basically, it's dumb to just like look at one aspect and blame like one aspect completely. It's like a it's a constant evolution of technology too. Like people used to just all we had was TV, you know, like back then. And so you'd like watch TV and then you're like, oh, like channel 43, MTV, whatever. Like you just put it on and then like you would just like watch that because that was the cool thing to watch. And then all of a sudden music video was videos would come on. It's basically like advertisements, you know. Like you're sitting yeah. there and you're just like, oh, this is cool though, and like that's why Spotify go, is you know cool in a way is that, I mean yeah. in a way is that you could be you don't have to get that press kit to the record label to have that all take place. You could just be like, yeah. oh, there's a there's a uproar over a, a song that was posted, and then everyone starts liking it, and it's not like a a label behind it going like, no, that you have to go through us first before you they the the masses can hear it. You know, you could just go like boom that, put it up there and just be like but that's yeah that's that's, that's what i kind of like about it too though yeah. like it just seems because that, that's like how i've always i've never done anything through a label ever i've never worked with a label on anything so we ever. could play this live. we could play this on the on the pod just not even get fucking copyrighted well, probably i mean i have a distribution company <laughs> Shit. I, don't know what, I know they 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 come after people all the time but yeah the i i like the labels in terms of like it's a collective like you know when like labels you know rise and fall and whatnot and they all compete with each other and they all have a sound that they're curating and whatnot and there's just certain labels that i really like following right but like you don't really have to have that to reach people and i've never it just you kind of have to just figure out how to reach certain people and that i was thinking about this when we're just like all talking like especially bringing up like mtv and stuff and and like just think about like the the real tiktok thing i'm not i don't like using tiktok so i'm not on there or whatever but it is kind of funny that like you can have this it's like a randomized opportunity to kind of like go viral on some shit. Where like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously there's like, you know, there's there's some things that can can, you know, be problematic with that as we're we're all adjusting to how everybody discovers and consumes things, right? But it's just like a, it's just, and I was thinking about like the whole like going to studio and recording some analog and stuff and. Because I, I I don't do anything analog anymore. I do everything in the box. I used to have like analog gear and stuff. I mean, I have a guitar, and I do vocals. But then I don't, I don't even make. I haven't pressed records since 2019, just because it's expensive and it takes forever. And I probably could, right? But I like I don't really want to. Like I mean, maybe I will. Like, but I think you could do it retroactively too. Like if something just has a lot of demand, you could like maybe do something. So I'm not saying I'm basically saying that because, you know, it's it, whatever. But the main thing which I'm I'm thinking about is just making shit and then just distributing it 
which yeah, is yeah. all digital. And yeah. I, I just think it's it's you know, if I had to do the whole thing where it was like talk to a manager, you know, get someone like involved, get them convinced yeah. that's good yeah. enough to put out. Yeah, yeah, and I have I have a manager I've been with forever, and I remember there was a minute like when I got the brutal machine back, and I was like, should we like work with the label? He's like, I don't think you're gonna like it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's he's like, not worth yeah. it. Yeah, you ch- he's like, you change your mind all the time. Like you're gonna want to do this and do that, and you know. And you have you have reach on your own. Like you have like a reach, so it's like, might as well I, for a long yeah. time. And yeah. I feel responsible for the reach in this weird way, where like. Like, I don't feel like I need to, like, charge the reach by, like, doing trendy things or doing more, like, types of content. I feel like it needs to be very authentic to where, like, yeah, yeah. I am, like, exposed with, like, where I'm at with what I'm trying to do. Like, like last time we were on, I had the Buddha machine done, right? And I remember there was, like, a lot I, I, I didn't really want to, like, talk about because it wasn't out, right? And mm-hmm. I, I'm still kind of in that boat because I'm working on some new shit, right? That I'm, it's a little easier to talk about because I think the Brutal Machine kind of opens up some room for me to like talk more freely about stuff um, with people kind of knowing where I'm coming from, possibly. Yeah. But like, I feel like the closer I can get to where I'm living like my most authentic musical self online, really. And I'm, by online, I mean, it's just been distributed, you know, and I feel like that is what opens up the opportunities to do things like like this, really, where you do like a podcast or you do some type of like media that's more around like this type of stuff. Because I feel like this type of stuff is ultimately like more influential than, um, I, mean, I don't know, like I mean, making a music video is cool, but like. I don't know. You, you kind of got to do it all, but you got to be like authentic about it and kind of yeah, yeah. like, you know, oh, man, dude, I, I love what you're saying, man. I, I feel like there's like, a, like he obviously huge advantages to what, like what we have at our fingertips now with stuff. And I mean, dude, we do this podcast for that whole reason. Like it's, we don't make any money off it. We just do it for fun. Like we'd love it. Like, you know, it's a contribution to the culture. Yeah. And the yeah, same yeah. way, I mean, totally. we, we keep making, I learn from it too. I learn. It's yeah, fun. Totally. Like it's like a fun, cool class. I could take sometimes, you know, I mean, we, we still make music and <laughs> record is. it. And like we're, we're not like planning to, you know, we're, we're like in our late thirties for, you know, 40, like, just like, we just want to keep writing music and be relevant and just have fun and contribute to the, the art scene in a sense of, of the metal art scene, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I'm just using that word as an analogy, but it's like, it's just making art. It's like, it just, you just want to con- like, if people watch it or people check it out, like that's enough, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just like a spiritual experience to, to, to make something. And I think the, yeah. the thing that you really need to, and this, I've, I've thought differently about this. The thing that ma- made me think differently about this was David Cho on Rogan one time when he was trying to teach these African kids to like paint and they would paint shit and just throw it off a cliff. And he'd be like, Whoa! like, he'd be all like, what the fuck? We, 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 I need to have like a show with this stuff. And they were like, oh, we did it. We, we did it. And I get that. But like th- this, we're, we're, we're connected in this way where it's like, it's not just about making a great record and then keeping it on your fucking laptop. You have to get it out there. And yeah. to, to release it, to me, that's like completes the spiritual experience of totally the dude. very beginning. And right. you need to go through that whole thing. Yeah. And I feel like we like put up a lot of 
you know, like barriers sometimes like, Oh, it's not good enough. Like we just want to, like, I'll never, I got to record this thing and make it like, I'm like this perfect thing. But it's like, dude, this is like the art of the time of like what you're doing. Like just, you know, just, just put it out and just be cool with it and move on to something else. Like, you know, like it just is what it is like at the time, you know, like, Oh yeah. People sit on albums for years and stuff. And I'm always just like, dude, let's, it's good enough just put it it, it, you know like it just it's art like just it's done yeah we're not all like john mclaughlin where we're trying to like make music for these you know early like we're not supporting people who are really trying to like push stuff with their careers or like you're really contributing to like these big like labels back in the day like capital records had that group of songwriters or session players that would play and write on everything yeah yeah. we're not we're not really doing that like we're we're making death metal and there is a um i I think with to make good death metal you or to make good art too in in general you have to like just do it and you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna make things that you're gonna you're gonna hit you're going to strike out. You're going to hit foul balls, right? You're, you're going to miss when you go up to bat. But I think the biggest thing is you just need to go up to bat. And, you know, obviously the goal is to get on base, but it's like just that repetition of doing that is like kind of what the, your duty as someone who like recognizes that this is something that you uh, are not just capable of, but want to do. And it's like those two things together. It's like, now you have to do it. If you're not doing it, you're like, disservicing something that you you, you're just not you're not you know giving the world what you need to give it in a way and uh that that's how i feel about disfiguring big time is like i I just want to like i I was saying there's going to be some songs on the record next time i'm like i can't believe i'm going to put this shit out like this is such not like it's awful but it just like i don't it, it might it might ding and look embarrassing but it's like also like ear, f- ear, for, ear fatigue too there. it's yeah. ear fatigue yeah. too like you've heard it so many times you're like i don't know if it's good anymore i, th- I thought it was good but i i don't know what the masses will take from this yeah you know? like yeah and what do you think about actually one question i have for you because we're talking about you know like you know putting stuff out as as yourself or us putting out mu- or people putting stuff out um as far as i know it's the you know biggest band in the land right now but a sleep token a band that no one really knows for sure who they are, but they're immediately selling out arenas immediately. They're like, they sold at Wembley Stadium in five never minutes. Heard it's so weird. But you man. haven't really? <laughs> um, are, they, are they really selling out arenas? Oh, yeah. They sold at Wembley Stadium or Wembley Arena in five minutes. They sold, their, they sold up their tour in about, I don't know. Where's that? Where's that at? Uh, England. Oh, okay. Like are they an English band? Ones. They are. They are. Okay. That's kind of um, one of those bands, Joel. Like you were saying, I'm like, I don't want to listen to him. I don't know. No, no. Like. I remember, like, I remember. Uh, I like sleep, released, but not. I don't. You know, they released a song, and I like. I was like, sleep. whatever. I'll just listen to it. And I was like, it's called. It's like their number one song. It's called Summoning on on Spotify. It's like got like you know, it came out like a two months ago. It's got like 60 million listens or whatever already. But mm. uh, I listened to it and I was like, all right, it's pretty cool. Like, and the vocals are fucking unique. Everything's cool. And at the very end, they end with like a funky thing, like a funky part of the song, and they just completely turn it around and end with the same like lyrics and stuff, but as a funk kind of like making love music part. And I'm like, mm. whoa! And I was like, all right, you have my interest. I need to look more into your shit now. And uh, 
yeah they're just the the singer guitar or singer dude plays keyboards he writes pretty much like 80 90 percent of the music but uh Huh. Yeah, it's 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 funk, it's R and B, it's jazz, it's metal, it's, cool. it's hip hop. It's like it's funny. It's funny because I know it because they're they're super popular right now, and people like to talk about them. Like the commentaries is is big on them. But I've when I first heard them, it was someone telling me to check them out, and I can't. I it was one one of their newer singles in the last year, right? Yeah, From yeah. The new album. I don't know which one it was. But I remember checking in, like, all right, it's cool. Um, but it never like grabbed me to the point where yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, fuck, every song is completely like a... kind of has a different vibe. So it's like, it's weird. Like there's there's songs with them. I'll be like, all right, so you're this kind of person. I'll give you this song, or hmm. you're this kind of. I'll give you this song. It's like it makes me want to get into it more. Everything you're saying, I'm like, Maybe it's fucked up, dude. It's actually it's kind of annoying how much people get into them and I am into them too. And I'm like, I don't want to be into, I like want to be like my, my old school, like metal things. Like I don't want to like them cause everyone's liking them, <laughs> you know, like oh, but yeah. I, I'm just like, it's under, it's kind of undeniable. They're just going to be the thing. And it's, I mean, like, I do for, that. I do that yeah. sometimes. Like That's when an cool. album comes yeah. out, it's hella popular. I don't want to listen to it cause everyone's yeah, listening yeah. to it. I'm going to wait. But I caught know? it. I caught it early before they like exploded, exploded like, so you're little, open like a week it. before, a week before. Like, like someone showed it to me, and I was like, they had like three hundred thousand listeners on Spotify, and then I checked two weeks later, and it was like three three million. And I was like, yeah, holy shit! Two point like, two point three right now. Yeah, yeah. But like, look, some of these related bands I know, like, make them suffer. I think it's a great band. Like, is that well, well, Tesseract's the number one related band? I guess that well, makes these guys sense. have no supposedly like. I mean, I, I've you can probably Google it and figure it out, and I have, and but there's not like a 100% <laughs> identity to who these guys are. They're 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 like let the music speak for itself. We don't want ego. It's stuff. your new Slipknot, dude. No, no, but the Slipknot caves. They came find so unmasked picture. Oh, no, no, Corey. Yeah, Corey, yeah, yeah. Corey is just like, dude. <laughs> they're the sickest band but I, I see, he's like he's like i see what they're doing we try to do that when we were younger but like they've caved you know like most of these bands like ghost they cave and they go like oh hey we're this is our identities now and they're like supposedly yeah. trying to stick like i'm like i've like googled like backstage changing like mask off or something like i want to see like they won't do it they won't do it they won't Hidden do bathroom it. cam yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, dude, oh, I mean, I probably I, actually, I thought of, my friend Sam was the drummer for a while from Vale of Maya. I was like, that's Sam drumming right there. And then I hit him up. He's like, no, I'm on tour right now. It's not me, dude. That's so funny. That's <laughs> like, so funny. They're so talented. Like, they're so bro. talented, though. It's fucking crazy. Like, man, I gotta get into it then because I like Tesseract a lot. It reminds that me actually, you know, great. one thing I love, I like about your music is that it's a, there's a, there's a, I was going to say this earlier and you haven't even heard sleep tokens. That's very cool. But um, I thought like um, there's this kind of new kind of uprising of these kind of, like you said, it was like a, a bunch of different influences, but they aren't infiltrating each other where you can tell that like, Oh, this is the part where it's slipknot. This is the part where I like, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is the part where I like this. They like kind <laughs> of like make it a big smooth song and like, and it's like, it's an Opeth kind of thing. Like, taking you through a journey of like ups and downs and then like and those all of a sudden just like drop into like a crazy hip-hop part you're like and it's funny there's like a million reaction videos of people like metalheads listen to it and they're just like 
they're like what the fuck and like it's actually kind of sick and everyone's just all like and there's ones with hip-hop dudes listening to it and they're like this is fucking fire dog <laughs> you know like they're, <laughs> like they're all like you know the dude like is sick you're saying name, for the new dif- disfiguring the goddess no, I'm saying no, both. I'm, oh, say, I'm, okay. say, I'm saying like they have a lot of similarities. I was like, to me. dude, what? I want to see these reaction videos right now. <laughs> Man, no, it's, it's... yeah, I got to get into it for sure. Like, you know, like, like you, like everyone talking about it. I'm like, like, I've heard clips. I know what they sound like. Are you listening right now? No, but, oh, okay. I, but I'm like, I, I got to like. No, I thought I it was like, like some like like some trip. hipster bullshit that I was like, all right, well it's like Def Haven or something. You know, I was like, uh, it's another Def Haven style band. And I listened to it and like gave it a shot and was just like, all right, all right. And then they just like hit me with a curveball and I was like, ooh, that's a sick curveball though. I like the, like I like a good curveball where it's like not something that's like trying to be pretentious or not pretentious, but like, oh, I'm I'm into all these styles of music kind of thing. Like with mm. you, it's kind of like smooth. Like it's a very mm-hmm. smooth transition of all the things you're into in your band. And right. like I got that from them immediately. I was like, oh, and I feel like that's fuck. Yeah, I could see you like blowing up on this kind of shit too. Dude, like I'm telling right, you, dude, yeah. the the curveball that you're willing to accept and then it keeps coming. That's what the brutal machine is to me, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a comer. Every That's every curveball that comes, you're like, oh yeah, I wanted that curveball. It's like I want to come. Yeah, <laughs> I want to come through <laughs> banana. That's kind of like uh, what I'm like. I mean, I don't, I don't like. I, I'm like I, I've said this a bunch in this podcast, but I'm like I'm all about like the contribution aspect of it, right? Yeah, and I, I really want to like push keep pushing into this thing that i'm doing with disfiguring and i feel like bands like sleep token are kind of doing that also i just feel like there's like there's there's so much shit that's going to happen in this it's a subgenre you guys are making let's it's a completely different subgenre of like this like a bunch of different styles of music but done correctly together you know it's like it's not it's not limp biscuit going like yeah, yeah, I mean, even though I was down, but uh, when I was a kid, we were but, all down. Uh, I'm, so I'm down. just saying, except but, for um. <laughs> but, it's like, but it was like it was like a rap. Was, you know, I didn't think of it as rap at the time as a kid. I was like, yeah, it's like a metal band with this guy talking more kind of thing. I didn't think of it as like a mishmash of like it wasn't like uh, Faith No More going like it was. It was you know, mm-hmm. it didn't see like Faith No More seemed more separated of the styles, but they were together. Um, mm-hmm. a Rage Against Machine had that too. I mean. They had big time. It felt, like, it felt like it worked though, kind of, you know, with like bulls on parade and stuff. It's like, but there was a guy just straight up just getting down and rapping in the middle of a song. You're like, damn, it was like, you know, it basically it felt like there was two separate styles in there. But like, if you can get those where people aren't even paying attention to that, they're just like, it seamlessly moves through. That's me and Cameron's new project, dude. We're gonna come up out, come up, come up with a way dude. we can make hip hop and death metal work. Yeah. I think he's gonna rap. It's a new thing. Well, we know that Cameron's very ready to blend styles to where it's not. Yeah, yeah. Blending the blending is like it's it's the it's the like as in a painting, you could like do a straight line and make it look all like like you can make the fucking background look kind of like separate from the foreground or you could just kind of blend it in you know like bob ross mm-hmm. does you know you could 
Stop laughing at me because he Cameron even agreed with me. Fucking no. Bob I'm Ross just, is awesome. I'm laughing. Yeah, Bob Ross. I, I laugh plus and I look over at Gilbert. He's not even paying attention, but he's sitting right next to me. And I'm looking <laughs> for somebody to giggle with me over here. And he's just like, I'm on my phone, dude. <laughs> right, go ahead. Keep going. Bob Ross, dude. So it's like taking a piss like on a turd. I'm just kidding. I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to cut you off on that. Bob Ross is actually mad respect, Bob Ross, dude. My first real legit artist like painting set was a Bob Ross set, dude. And I'll, I'll never, ever forget that. But what were you going to say about that? Sorry, dude. Um, No, I'm, I mean, we'll get back to like the... like. So Cameron, how like a technique for how so there's a bunch of people I listen to a bunch of prog bands, prog metal bands, where they're like they have Indian music involved, they have jazz, they have metal, they have death metal, they have all kinds of stuff. How do you how do you seamlessly put different styles of music together as one? Like what what's your technique for taking something that's like, you know, you're into twenty different styles, but you want to actually include all of them in the song? I mean, so anything I can say is going to be like a verbalization mm-hmm. of what I'm more consciously aware of, right? Yeah. Um, and I, there's obviously, I think, a lot of play with the subconscious when you're making stuff, especially by yourself, just because the, the, the way the flow is. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I make music, I'm like, my main goal is to catch the flow. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll like my systems are all around catching the flow and things that basically either put limitations on what I can do, which sounds funny. Cause like, you know, everything I'm doing right now sounds really out of the box, but I feel like I'm doing it because I'm, I'm putting myself like in a box a lot of the times. So I'm mm-hmm. not going too crazy uh, with the flow. That is I could, I could be cohesive and capitalize on that moment. You know, if I'm in the flow for two, three hours, which is like probably the extent of your flow could last, I want to be like pretty much done with whatever it is I'm doing. Um, mm. But I would say like with this figuring, especially um, I think about um, how the bass and the guitar and, you know, the core aspects of the drums, so like the kick, and whatnot, um, which is is kind of like one element, right? Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. kind of like one thing. Or like in techno, you could look at it as like the kick and the bass. Like that's like the fundamental of like every techno song is that that you know relationship, and everything else is kind of like extra, like how the percussion comes in, or like how a synth comes in, or or and then even how the kick and the bass. Um, like you were talking about with painting, you know, things are in the foreground, the background, the contrast between when there's kick in the bass and when there's not, and how you bring mm-hmm. that element in and how you remove it. Um, so I think of like, you know, the, the bass, the guitar, and the kind of like the drums, I guess, as like one unit. But I really feel like the drums have the most attention, which is funny because on the Brutal Machine, I feel like I, um kind of mix the drums 
almost like a part of everything. There's not like really one element that kind of sticks out. The Brutal Machine has every song has a different drum mix too. Like I'll use a different drum kit on mm-hmm. different songs just because I think that's unique. You that's know, cool. yeah, everyone's like trying so hard not to do that, and you're just like, fuck it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think about that with like, you know, when you listen to like a rap record or something, it's like 20, 20 tracks and maybe they're all using like 808 style drums. In this case, it'd be like a metal style drum, but like they're not all the same drums or samples the whole time. So I'm like flushing through, you know, whatever drum kit sounds good. I even one time experimented with having two drum kits on the same song and just having them both like panned a little like this, uh-huh. like not not totally left and right, but one kind of like over there and one kind of over there. And I, I eventually ditched it because it was, uh, I just feel like it was sonically not as, uh, it was, I don't know, but that's, that was like a, a that, random idea. It was kind of fucking like with. it would pull things apart versus like pulling everything into a core. Yeah. That's a mix. You're, you're, you're wanting, it, when you pan things, you still want them to blend together and having two separate things going on. I mean, I've I've even heard albums where it's very hard to listen to two different rappers rapping two different verses over the same beat at the same time panned on each ear. And yeah. tried to do that. It's so difficult, dude. I've had to just out of curiosity listen to each one headphone but try to hear what they were trying to do together and you're like yeah this this is too complex for my brain to ever comprehend so i i gotta take pieces out and listen to them separately i think that's why i didn't go with it because it was kind of like detracting from what I was just talking about before with that's like the more cohesive element, but -hmm. I would really like write it with the brutal machine specifically. I would write it where like, and I couldn't tell you if there was like a certain way I did it each time. Like if there was like a workflow to like what I did first and what I did second, Um, I think I just knew what I needed to, to be there. And if I, if it wasn't already there, I could kind of like in my head know what it was and know what was going to be there. So I would, I would really write a lot with like, you know, a synth or samples or a combination of the both. And then, you know, usually some drum beats or something. And the drum beats I would sketch out like, you know, not just a drum beat, but like a, I would quickly sketch like the a progression out of like a, a verse, a, a pre-chorus, a chorus, or, and then sometimes it's like your verse becomes the chorus type of thing. Like we just really start working it. It's like, Oh, that's, you know, you're moving things around really, really quickly. But the goal for me was always to get a lot down really quickly as well. And to not be like really attached to anything. I was more so just focused on being attached to the flow not the flow of the song, but the flow state that I was in and just trusting that kind of process and getting lost in it. I um, love that dude. It's funny. I actually, I think I wrote a lot of those songs on Twitch back in 2021 
Um, and I, I need to go back and look. I, don't, I haven't been on my Twitch account forever, but I know there's some people in my Discord that like were watching that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I was waiting for this song because I watched you make it on Twitch." And it'd be interesting for me to go back and watch to see like what was. And that was another thing too. I thought was weird too, is because I don't really like making music on Twitch because I feel like it fucks your flow state up. Like it, it, anything that distracts me from that subconscious, whatever it is. Yeah. Pisses me yeah. off. So it's I'd like, like no, if, if, I'd like to you, go ahead, Anthony. I was, I was just going to say, if you know, well, I, I show on this show, I don't give a fuck, but when you know that people are watching you do something, yeah, the red light, right. it immediately changes it. Well, I think, uh, we've had a lot of discussions on this podcast, like about uh, writing and creativity and the flow state and on episodes I wasn't even on, like, like the retaliators one with the gear brothers and writing a script and all. I watched most of that episode on the planes back from Japan and all that and all this. And like one thing I wanted to just add to all that in this conversation and adding those on and all that kind of stuff is I, I think like, it's really interesting how like, us as like little like you know that as matt used to say from decrepit we're just like these meat sacks like mm -hmm. humans are just like these spiritual meat sacks basically and you know but like the whole idea is like we have to like comfort our meat sacks in order to like be able to create and have like our brains comfortable so like you know like it's like basically you know it's like sit down with a cup of tea and some nice you know or like you know like the, the temperature is just right you know, you're, you're in like a non-stressed out state. So like, basically that's like when you're like the most free and open to like write a book or write a song or like, like whatever, heroin like, or cocaine with like, well, there's or... that too. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, see, yeah drugs, very quick. Yeah. Yeah. So of course drugs is like the easy way, you know, to get there. But the point is that like, yeah, like, uh, and it's, I think that like, when we're in that that state of of like stress or work or whatever like that whatever stress kind of stuff is the opposite of that ability to like connect with that flow state or creativity or like being able to really channel that part of your brain you know and so like you know it's it, it could be anything from just slippers and tea to heroin like i don't know like there's like there's, there's like one level and then there's like level 100 you know but like people and of course there's couple downsides with doing you know <laughs> hard drugs like that but yeah but the point is that like you i don't know like i feel like that's it or like going in a jacuzzi and just chilling and you're like all these ideas come to you and you're like god man you know like i you know you, got, you start figuring things out and stuff it's, it's just a crazy like difference write them down people for don't me my, my biggest go, problem yeah. is, and this is a weird old man i mean 39 yeah. year old kind of thing that's happening to me lately is yeah. that my best ideas come when I'm taking a piss. Yeah. Just when I'm peeing, I'll, like I have clarity and I like because I have like create my mind's everywhere constantly. So I'm like, yeah. when I pee, it kind of like just all comes together and I like will be like, oh, this is what I need to do next. And I'll like, I'll people say like when they sit down and they poop, they buy stuff or whatever. Like for <laughs> me, I'll like, I'll, I'll literally pee and I'll be like, oh, Jesus, that's what the person I was just talking to was saying. And that's why that meant this to that. Yeah. And I'll like put it all together when I'm peeing every time. And I'm like, this is a weird, 
I'm gonna start like researching you this. Pee, because... You pee for a long time, dude. I don't. I mean, don't pee for a long. I mean, you know, like twenty, 20 seconds. I, I, I think all of us. Yeah, I think all of us have a different. Thing. I don't know about peeing for me so much that I come to revel. <laughs> but that's great that that works for you. I don't know, like you know, it just calms me. It's like that. You know that yeah. release. Where you're just like, ah, and you're oh, like, sure. and, yeah. and all of a sudden it kind of calms your brain. And I'll, all of a sudden I'll take all the information and be like, oh yeah, this. That's oh, I need to make this change in life. It's like literally yeah. within, you know, you, you have a five second dream. It can be three years in your dream. You know, it's kind of sure. like a, that's my that's my dream state. It's my piss state. And then there could Anyways. be like a spark moment where I'm sure Cameron's had this where you're standing in the grocery Urinal. store and you're fucking yeah. grabbing a pile of fucking apples and you're like, I got to put these apples down because I got to write this note into my phone right now because i can't lose this idea all of us have had that moment where you're like I, this fell into my lap i have to stop everything that i'm doing i need to write it down so i'm going to remember it later and i can elaborate on it yeah i feel like another thing i'll add to all this i, I agree with all this stuff is that i don't feel like ideas are exclusive like i feel like if if you have this idea for something to do and you don't do it, chances are if you wait long enough, you'll see someone else do it. Totally do yeah, yeah, that yeah. is super no for sure. It's all I mean there's only so many, you know, we have a language, there's so many, so many. It's just like, oh, like if you don't invent this, someone else is gonna invent it. Or if you don't, yeah, exactly. I uh, golf, but I'm a shitty golfer. So when I lose balls, I fucking hate it. So I started buying Kirkland brand balls and that's, that's a about really a dollar a ball dude. I, don't and so, I don't know about that one that sounds very creative no let me let's get let him finish because i'm not to bring it back let me get further into it real quick so <laughs> okay, when you're out on the golf course you got a guy who's gonna be all decked out in titleist dude he's got his titleist bag he's got his titleist sticks he's got the hat, the shirt, the everything, dude. So I was like, I'm gonna start doing Kirkland brand shit, dude. I'm gonna start wearing a Kirkland shirt. I'm gonna hit Kirkland balls. I'm gonna fucking give me a patch. I'm gonna iron a Kirkland patch onto my shoes and make them Kirkland shoes. This is my whole <laughs> ideal. And then all of a sudden. It's a fucking thing now. Everybody wears Kirkland as this joke, but I'm like, that was mine. I was, yeah. was, was going to do it. That was mine. No, I totally, man. I totally know what you're saying. I totally understand. Was it Titleist or Entitleist? I forget. What was it was a brand? Titleist. My parents never had the money. Oh, that'd be great. Your parents, Entitleist. It's all like rich people, like like yeah, entitled, Like actually, uh, you funny. might be onto something right I there. I know, dude. Joel, dude. Oh shit, you just you might have a fucking little entitled. But if you don't make it now, someone else is going to do it. And like, yeah, you know, dude. Years, so. Two months from now, if you don't do it, it's going to happen. Yeah. No, the point is entitled shirt. Uh, Entitleist, yeah. But also, Look, your brain, your brain chat, does this, your brain does the thing that you're saying all the time, Anthony. Where it's like, "Fuck, that's cool," blah blah. But if you were to take a risk on every fucking thing that you came up with in your brain, 
you'd be fucking flat broke. You'd have to like make it's gambling yeah. with your thoughts. You'd have to like be like, all right, well, this is uh, if you're like have an idea or something. You can't be like every idea that I have. I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna put my life savings at it. It's like you have to really like you have to take yeah. those ideas and like you know be like, all right, well, this one I'm gonna do, and then you hit it. It's like it's. I was talking to a dude that uh, created the Santa Cruz uh, skateboards and consolidated uh, skateboards in Santa Cruz yesterday. On watching my watching my fiance play soccer, he's just sitting there going like. Oh, what's up? Well, and we just started talking. He was like, "Yeah, in the seventies, like I created consolidated skateboards." And I was like, "Oh, fuck!" Like all my friends used to wear that when I was a kid. And we were like, wow. "He was like, yeah, in the seventies, like no one gave a shit." And he's also, what happened was how we got big was he, like he just bought a bunch of World War II leftover bearings, and then just came and brought them to the fucking Santa Cruz skateboards and consolidated, and they started using them. And then Whoa. all of a sudden, skateboard explo- skateboarding exploded in the 80s and 90s. And they just fucking, ma- you know, it's like one of those, like, you have to be on the right pulse. But the thing is, if you were to, like, be like, no, dude, I think the shoelaces are is where I'm going to put my money in, too. Because it's going to be sick shoelaces, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Bearings and the wheels were brought back over from where? Yeah, I forget what fucking... Uh, yeah, he was talking about the wheel. I, I would never, I fell wow. too much in skateboarding, so I didn't really pay attention well, to what he was the, it would just be the bearings and the wheels that go onto the trucks yeah yeah well santa cruz skateboards uh 50th anniversary is coming up this weekend so like they're like the most old school skateboard company that there is because 50 i love ago. that skateboarding has been such a uh topic that we keep going back to in this we None of us ever were thinking about skateboarding. Right? I've done like one ollie, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, but it just was from the beginning. Skateboarding has been uh, like a, a running Southern theme. California, Northern California. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's got kind of. I mean, I, the, I, death I, podcast. I mean, what Cameron brought up was the same thing I brought up a million times of like the Shelto fucking like, Adidas, like Fuck like the fans. fucking the people jumping from like one rung to another all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden there's a 15 year old in the x games it's like it's the same idea with music people are pushing things you know people start with your favorite band right now like and then they push it farther but anyways i i pee a lot casey you were gonna add something at one point what 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 was it uh take it back so many levels oh where uh to what conversation now i was focused on anthony it was about this whole idea of uh, having an idea Uh, and not executing and then someone else executes on the same idea uh, yeah yeah yeah, exactly so like so i think like uh there's like a societal ether that like exists like it's like it's kind of like this we're in this common ground we're existing at this time we're in this period we're influenced by these similar genres of bands or whatever and then like this idea is like inevitable you know like it's like okay this could be like just you know like i'm the first person to catch this thing and be like a huge innovator but like after a while like if nobody really or maybe some people caught it and they just didn't do anything with it or they like yeah. thought of it or just whatever. But like somebody is going to turn, eventually that idea is going to become relevant and, and be necessary like, and, and created like, it's like Metallica, for example, like if Metallica hadn't existed, like some other band would have become big in that, 
like that style and done that same thing or something you know like i don't know and it's like you can almost think of it as uh like i don't know like almost like 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 interdimensional perhaps or like multi-dimensional casey's got that but but basically <laughs> like i think like i don't know like or like like multiple universes but like there's like if, if you haven't done something it can exist somewhere else like someone else has done it like oh dude you know and anthony on infinity dude yeah um <laughs> yeah have, you guys know who carl young is oh yeah oh my god yeah. why you guys hit me with no can we mute anthony for a while actually Kennedy actually and <laughs> carl young so, in the same all right, all right. He's, he's in the middle of a Car- conversation let's, let's, let's carl just young kind of balls let's not idea. kill the fucking conversation he had this idea of you have your consciousness, you have your subconsciousness, and then there's the collective subconscious. Oh, yeah. And those yeah, are the yeah. three layers of consciousness. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, like that collective subconscious and his, you know, what he was talking about was like kind of what you're talking about, where like everyone's kind of like synced on this weird thing that's, and he was saying too that I don't know if he said this, but basically like genius. Is just your ability to connect more with that greater consciousness. Yeah, no, for sure. Like you're not actually like coming up with these ideas or figuring it out on your own. You're just kind of like, for for whatever reason, you're just more open to like pulling from it and being like, all right, this is what all I'm the do people now. Yeah. we look at as geniuses. Most of them say that, like. The idea just came to me in a dream or you know at this this flow state moment you know think, where go for it i think the hardest thing is like being a human like in the society like and being able to have enough time to be like uh like a you know like re- like a receiving like satellite to like those things that are coming in because like a lot of us have to just work and whatever it is or obligations, families, things, and like, like all that stuff throughout the day that like you, you literally have to like block everything else out, like, and just focus on the thing you're doing to like make a living. And then like, so like, there's like these like certain people that just are somehow in like academic or whatever career it is, whatever they're able to like have the time to just receive these things and i think that's like there's a lot there's a lot of people that are like insanely talented and able to do that but they just like work all Mm -hmm. the time and they have to like they're forced like it's like you're getting paid like you can't think outside this thing right now like we're paying you right now you're on the clock or you're whatever it is this is your time frame so like then the day ends then you have a certain little window at the end to like be creative and to do that yeah or you're tired or whatever the life stress but like but it's like to be like a truly creative person like you know you're just like this like someone who just like and i i don't know why the the person that pops into my mind when i think of this is paul masvidal like because it's just like whenever i just like hey i'm going to indonesia and you're like whoa like it's like you know it's just like he just he just travels and does these amazing I, i feel like that guy is just like always like a satellite to like like creativity yeah he's like born to be a set i mean not yeah. born to be but like he's created himself to be a satellite yeah no, he's he, worked hard for it but yeah he's he worked is hard genius for, yeah, yeah. for sure and so totally. so people that are like recognized geniuses so like a person who isn't like you're a dedicated artist like the so- society has deemed you as like 
we're going to pay you enough and you don't need to like have an actual job like or a career like you need to be just contributing to art and creativity like that's and so like you're just always like a receptacle to because you don't have to like i mean everyone has life things and and stuff to think about but like if if you're if your endeavor is is successful enough to where you don't have to like think about this like job or career that you do you know full time like then it's like you it's very rare you know to be able to do that like in any country probably you know i mean it seems really hard to be able to just be that person but it, it's just in in modern society like it's so hard to just be able to be constantly creative and and like allowed to be constantly creative you know like well, it's yeah, like we're it's like not like forced not to be yeah it's not survivable it's like, it's yeah, like yeah, a lot of people point. that make it really that, that make it nowadays they're they have a, a little bit of what all, everything you just said plus mm -hmm. they have the marketing aspect of getting themselves out there and getting them like on media like nowadays i'm just saying like getting themselves on the social media and like doing all the marketing part while they're trying to be artistic and that probably takes away yeah. A little bit too from that because they're That's like true. focusing on like 100 like, yeah like i need to be like uh we need to like make this work but also like the art oh, yeah. suffering because you're trying to like you know you know it's like a lot of people that are probably genius artists there's like yeah well they saw the, the the writing on the wall like well i'm not gonna market myself uh yeah well you know even touring is kind of a detraction from that because yeah, you're just yeah. traveling and having to perform this thing and like you're like okay like some people can ride on the road but they can't you know i mean totally. there's, there's so many things like you know i'm just saying yeah but, definitely no, but like if you had if you got like a full-time career like you you can be creative like and it's fun on your on your but it's like you gotta just like be focused on work like i mean unless you have a job where you just like don't have to i don't know it's just it's hard to get out of that frame of mind and then go to creative frame of mind like when you're in mm -hmm. You know, there's like yeah. two different ways of thinking, like, like survival, you know, like, money, food, yeah, fun, hobby, creative. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. two different mind frames, you know. Yeah, I think anyone who's starting a business, like that's probably pretty similar. Like we're talking about, like, yeah, music and whatnot. But like, if you're starting like your own business, yeah, like, that requires a lot of creativity. It and, does. That's a really good point. That's actually. very true. No, no, 100%, Man. dude. Absolutely. Jesus, I didn't even think about it like that. Dude, when I had my business, I would stay up till like two in the morning almost every night just thinking of, and I would rewrite like drafts of like, like product or, uh, you know, just policies and like shit that I wanted for my, you know, like, dude, I was obsessed. Like I would stay up all night, like working and then like, yeah, dude. But 100%. it's like you, you were in, you were in the business of music too. So like, exactly. He, he's talking about like, like the, it's like, it's like double down on you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but as far as like someone like even doing like a construction or a, a business that wants to do drywall, like, you know, yeah. Kevin Fassard, we've had him on here before, like getting a business to take off. You have to like think outside the box, but you're creative and you can do your art really well. That's, I mean, that's it. You know, that's his art. It's like killing, drywall because drywall sucks and also yeah, building them and biceps, also building biceps that are like this big but um <laughs> besides all that stuff like i mean getting your business together yeah. and like getting people to want to like oh like yes i will go with you for my thing i will go with you for my thing it's like it's similar to starting a band and be like i yeah. will buy your album i'll buy your album it's like when it's, it's your very, it's very i never thought of it like that but, yeah oh dude it, i mean it's it's not 
quite as like fun, I guess, in a way, but it is almost like in a, in a work way, but it's like, yeah, that's, it's like, that's your baby. Like that's your, yeah, you know, that's your, um, and your work is precious to you. Yeah. You see the work you've done for this house and you're like, that's sick, dude. Speaking it's of, like, I fucking almost, killed this. Almost yeah, three you know, hours man. into this. Uh, I'm noticing your hat, Cameron. Is that a plug for, a? Uh, business that you're yeah, involved in outside plug. of music it's a plug for my uh my real estate business I knew nice there we go yeah. all right and i i put it together because yeah. even though we've been talking we there's still certain things about each other that we don't know but i kind of put together that you were realtor through pictures and other shit i can't remember snooping your uh your socials so uh cameron what are uh what are interest rates at right now in uh in your area how what uh what's the down payment if i'm trying to right now so the interest rates are nationally systemic so (laughs) this but they're like 7.5 yeah yeah so yeah that's (laughs) that's, nationally if you if you okay so let's say for our listeners out here that you know, want to buy a house because right now everyone wants you know renting sucks, right? Yeah. Um, because you're paying someone else's mortgage. Own, own something. Yeah. So what would you say, like, if you had like a five or five hundred thousand dollar house? We're in California. Sorry, that's a that's yeah, funny right. joke. Um, a six hundred and eighty thousand dollar, you know, like fixer upper house. What would you think? We put a hundred thousand dollars down on that motherfucker. What do you think in or L.A. Right? Are you L.A.? Nevada, I live in Nevada. Nevada. Oh, Nevada. Oh, you're in the fucking prime spot. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm where everyone wants to move. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I know, it's I know. Okay, we have well. people moving there all the time. I actually, yeah, I've looked at Reno a few times. I actually, I really like, uh, I mean, not Sparks and it's like around there because I'm like, it's nice and there's fun things to do close and Sparks um, is fun, but I don't want to live there. I'll visit. I love well, you're, you're gonna go to Rockland, dude. That's like fucking rich people area. But uh, so <laughs> it's like we're not trying to swim in diamonds, dude. We're trying to swim in fucking. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> I want to no, swim in diamonds, dude. Who doesn't? No, for uh, let's say you put a hundred thousand dollars down on a house right now, um, on a seven hundred thousand dollar house. What's your monthly payment? Uh, probably, pretty, probably pretty high. Yeah, right. It's insane uh, right now. But 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 the thing is, right now, so if you're buying houses right now. You buy them and then you basically cross your fingers for the interest rates to go down and then you sell them, right? Because in the housing so price, $700,000 house, I'm going to put 100000 down. You marry your purchase price, you date your rate. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So then when, when the interest rates drop and then the housing prices will go up and then you yeah. sell and then you get something bigger. I was telling Anthony that earlier, but. Well, uh, where are you telling me that? Dude, you have cash right now, so you buy a house right, right now at let's the high. Not talking about how much cash I got. He's got like ninety dollars, dude. Shut straight up. change, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I got about ninety. So I don't Times know. Times ten. I mean, everything um, changes when how long you want to like hold on to something. Like if you're gonna like be in something for like ten plus years, it like almost doesn't really matter. You know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. yeah, every, yeah. everything changes all the time over the course of like these longer periods of time. But when you look at like one year, two year, three year, that's when you're gotta be like, 
What am yeah, I yeah. doing? Like, you know, but I don't know. I mean, right now in northern Nevada specifically, there's an inventory problem because when the recession happened, they stopped building. So for like four years, they didn't build anything. Yeah. So we're like, I think like 60,000 doors down in the entire region. So there's there's just nowhere to live. So And then um, the interest rates were really low. So everyone was buying everything. And yeah. then like there was literally like anytime something would pop on the market, like everyone would just like all these buyers were just throwing all these offers at it. Mm-hmm. Then the interest rates rose. Buyers got scared. They all went to the, to the sidelines and the interest. Then the purchase prices started to come down a little bit. Yeah. We thought they were going to come down way more. But they didn't. People, yeah. Like, I was expecting they came down a little bit. more. And then people if like, you have oh. cash. You buy right now. Right. You buy yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, fuck it, let's go and buy it. So people started buying it and drove the prices up. And mm-hmm. the reason for the prices up is because there's nowhere else to move. So low inventory, high demand. But um, when the and the builders are building like crazy right now, They're, they actually have pretty good deals right now too. But when the interest rates come down, people don't want to sell their home because like, you know, you're talking like a $700,000 house. Let's say let's say that monthly payment's like five grand a month, yeah. right? It's like it be a million for five five thousand. Now it's seven because the interest, yeah. But if you're like, you know, let's say your home is whatever you want to move somewhere else, but your payment is like two thousand dollars a month, you don't want to move because your payment's gonna like double if you move yeah. somewhere. Because yeah, they, yeah. So no one's selling their homes right now unless they have to for like some life event. So. Yeah. You know, when the, the when the rates start coming down, pe- the buyers are going to start driving the prices up before the sellers feel comfortable, you know, exchanging their interest rate for something uh, where the affordability is there, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be really weird when the rates come down. It's going to be crazy, especially here. You think when? I, I, I feel like when is like, a, it's supposed to be expected, but I feel like not. It's been a while, right? For sure. No, it hasn't been a while, but it's been... Probably about a year. So, but, what the you, fuck's when? What are you talking about? I'm talking about like people go like, oh, when they come down. I'm like, they were 11 oh, or 12 percent in yeah. the 80s. I don't like. I don't think that they're just gonna like. I yeah, was we trying have to. to I was trying to, to cash down. in on that. Yeah, coming but... down lower than they actually did. No, you it... should buy right now. Dude. No, it was. I actually. <laughs> I'm just saying. Then you still wait and then make three another 300 grand and then buy something sicker in like yeah. four or five years. But uh I mean maybe I should, dude. Maybe uh, I should just sit sit low for a while. Yeah, just wait till it goes up. Buy a E series van and put my f- three kids and wife in it, and we'll just no buy a house and then get a Winnebago. Buy a house and then because buy it like with nah, dude. Fifteen passenger van. Just yeah. like 2006, bloodletting. Everybody in there. Everybody imagine the therapy you have bench. to pay for your kids later on for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy a bus and some cheap land in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Actually, I'm building right now, just like with my my fiance and stuff, and just building like like under the specifications of of permits. You know, just getting like. We're getting like sheds and we're making like an outdoor yeah. bar. We're doing a bunch of cool things. So the thing is like if we were to go, you know, like more than the shed, you know, go to a, a hundred or two, 240 square foot shed. I'd be like, cool, dude. The state would be like, cool, dude. Uh, 20 grand because like, thank you. 
and uh, <laughs> that's like it's like with the permits and stuff it's like jesus uh, christ yeah. it's like I'm fucking too. like i don't even understand how people build like by the know, way sorry no to, to talk work with you do you need to get it permitted it. To it, or do you need to get it permitted to like sell it like sell um it? we have yeah, kind yeah. of her family land that we have like a we have a chunk of so we're just like let's we're in Santa Cruz, the most probably the most expensive place in the United States to live for the amount of income that comes in. It's pro, it's in like the median. I think it's one point two million. I think the median right now. No, it's ridiculous. So like we have a little yeah. plot of land. So we're like we we have a little place to live already, like a nice place with beds and stuff like that. And then we're like, let's, let's have our <laughs> fucking beds, our yeah. uh, we have beds. We got beds. It's only beds. We got beds. <laughs> We us. sleep on the refrigerator. It's no, no, it's it's yeah. sick. It's it's got enough room. It's like 500 square feet, like score, like living area. But then we're gonna want to have like it's we have this big outdoor area. We're like, let's fucking put two like a he shed she shed thing, you know. And he then like said, she said, I don't know if that's what they call them, but like, and then we're building a deck and we're putting all these like lights up and we're doing all these things and like having like an outdoor bar with TVs and shit and just like we're gonna make this a fun fucking place to hang out, like you know. You, you got to get those sheds permitted. Um, if they're over 120 square feet each, so I bought two of them, and I, they have to be 18 inches apart from each other for it to be legal for them to be next to each other. Who's California. checking sure it's legal? That's, I mean, uh, we bought them from a place uh, called Tough Shed that they have to do that. But mm. yeah, I mean, it's still like you know, it was still a good chunk That's... of change. If I wanted to put them together myself, fuck, I don't know if I want to do all that labor, and I've. Yeah, and it's pretty ignorant with it. So it saves you on like if they actually did inspect it for some random reason, you just don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. and then getting an electrician out there and like running power. Yeah, to if it, you got to do fun. any kind of shit like that, I'm doing that right now. That's that's pretty fun. Um, it's uh, I don't, electricity is a trip, dude. <laughs> like all these trades, yeah. I've always been like a nerd in IT going like, yeah, networking and yeah, servers yeah. and stuff, and like learning the trades and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, this is I understand why. You guys get paid a lot. That's, no, that's, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Trades are like just up there with IT, really. Like, oh yeah, electricians and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, electricians, plumbers, and like pouring concrete, doing all the things. We're doing all that right now. It's like fucking. Oh yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's like if easy, it's like a yeah. pre-built home, like buy it dude it's already done <laughs> you know, it's, like, yeah you know, like especially ones that are like built more recent because there's all these things you don't have to replace or like code things yeah. like asbestos and all kinds of shit these get ripped out and yeah there's so much uh, yeah the newer manufactured homes can be really fucking nice i've seen yeah for sure shit the adus and stuff yeah 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 or even just like more like affordable housing stuff that i'll see that are newer because people, people will like buy land and then you could sell the land for more if you put a, a manufactured home on it. You just bail. Yeah. yeah. But like the newer ones are nice. I'm like, I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the longevity of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what yeah. in 50 years or whatever, but. My last point I'll make on the, on the subject is it's weird that the States make it harder to build. It's like, you don't want people to build their own stuff. Just, okay. It's fine. Yeah. Like it's like you want to buy all these permits and all these things. It's like, dude, do you want us to build here? Like it feels like they're kind of like, yeah, you know, could you pay the We'd fifty thousand to land. build? So it's all you pay fifty thousand dollars and you have a flat area of land after you, you've given them money of like a permission slip to go like, can I build here? And then they're like, uh, sure. 
Yeah, you got to get your <laughs> group and stuff. I mean, it's funny out here because people come out here from California all the time and either want to build or they want to buy something with some land. That's what they say, some land. And then they want yeah. ADUs on it and whatnot. And like, you know, so many different counties out here and they all do it differently. So it's like I'm yeah. always directing people to the counties because I don't want, I'm not like, with like being a like a, a licensee, it's like you, you have to you get you get an expert in this shit, but like every if you start giving advice on other stuff, no, you can get like financial stuff or like stuff yeah. to do anything else, it's like it makes you more liable because you're not yeah, yeah. You're like not I'm not giving that. legal advice right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to always be directing people to like you can yeah. be the, the source of the source. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Was the number you need to call? You need to have a conversation with them, not not ask me a question that I can ask them. It's like yeah, yeah. chopping it up for a while, and you'll form that relationship with that person at the county. So when you're yeah, yeah. doing your, I don't know, building your thing, yeah, 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 it's crazy, and it's it's nuts too, because like here, there's like there's three, there's four counties that I, I mainly work in, and like man, there's just so much shit to learn. Like I feel like I'm about yeah. to be like five six years deep in this to be like okay. how long have you been doing it a little over a year okay but my dad is the broker okay nice so i i basically like that's the reason i got into it is for the mentorship yeah so, you got you got a fucking totally. free lesson on what to do I right work, i've wrong. been working yeah, for yeah. Pop since 12 so i know what's up yeah i just ask him i just shadow him everywhere he goes he goes to the office i go to the office you know he comes home, I come home. I, I ask him questions. You know, it's crazy. Like yeah. I, I moved here, what was gonna be here for like a couple months, and I was moved back to Texas. And then I, I kind of saw what they were doing with like a new, more you know, in tune eye. And I was like, I'm gonna come work for you. You yeah, know, yeah. like start to like learn about what this is all about. And it's really up my right. style because it's like you do have your own business. You are doing your own business. You do everything is on you really which is how it's always been with everything I've kind of done. So I dig it. Um, I live in Genoa right now. They built this house and has multi-generational living in it. It's a bitching house. What Y'all does should... that mean? Multi-generational? It means there's basically like 100 like... people in the attic. No, there's, there's like two suites in it. Like you can have two. Oh, okay, okay. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you put your parents in? Mind. And then he moved in oh, and died. That's cool. That's super empty. cool. Yeah, oh, so passed away. Oh fuck. Yeah, he was here for a couple of years though. I was when I was in Texas, and then mm. I came back, and it's like, I don't know. At first, I'm like, oh, this sucks. But then I'm like, you know what? You're killing it right now. Like you're learning all there this. There is, dude. It, that's nice, positive. Dude. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, because I've been I've been yeah, on my own yeah. since I was like nine or I moved out at nineteen. But it wasn't, I was like on my own own at like 21. I was like living with family down in California type of stuff. And then, so I've been on my own since then. So it's like nice to be around family. And I've, I've never yeah. like lived locally. I, I've lived in Nevada twice since leaving Nevada. And both times were like maybe for a year at a time, maybe a year and a half at a time before I, I moved somewhere else. So it's like I don't even know where I want to live around here, which is funny because yeah. real estate. So I like I'm all over the place. I, I kind of know all the areas now, and 
where to live and stuff. But I kind of have an idea of it, which tells me like my time in this house is probably sooner than later. But at the same time, it's like the knowledge I get from just like being around. Totally. Kissing the energy of that place too. Yeah. You know, I need need to, I need to keep learning because my, it's, I'm leveraging the experience of, you know, the people who I'm working with. Right. Right. So it's, um, I, I come off like the value I bring is really high and I do a great job. That's because I'm like in between calls or like emails. I'm like, walking to my dad's like, hey what the hell is it like you know and then yeah. like every like two months i go how does anyone do this without like some type of teacher and, he, and my dad goes they just flounder around for years yeah 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 <laughs> like Figure damn it out. This yeah shit's yeah difficult. yeah but i'm saying yeah. you got the you have the the dude to help you through all the shit that's like yeah you walk you through all the bull like you have to make the mistakes he made you don't have to do all the things you know like you get to go straight to the the fucking the gold mine base. I mean, the multi generational thing is huge, especially now in, in California and stuff. It's that's actually part of the reason why we stayed. Like, right? Me and my fiance were kind of like building to kind of like build a spot where my mom can go or something later. You know? Yeah. It's like it's like because you know I'm getting old and she's getting older. It's like you're not I mean, getting and, old, dude. Well, we're I mean, but the thing is, but the thing is, yet, though, but what what I'm saying, no, I'm you're getting old. Old. You're getting old. Old. What I'm saying, you're missing what I'm saying. I'll wait for you done. I'll wait for you done. off so I'll wait for you done. Okay, so we're getting old, and uh, I'm not worried about myself in that statement. I'm worried about my mother because that means because I'm looking at the the number of 39. That means my mother must be pretty old too and she's probably gonna need mm. help and care pretty soon but like i feel like i'm 26 but i look at the number on the screen and it's 39 you know it's like i'm getting that 40 you know i'm getting the, i'm 40 uh, I'm so my mom tomorrow dude yeah it's like it's you know you could lose you know a, a loved one any day at, at this age it's basically like any any time now so it's it's you know you got to like think about taking care of your family it's it's been one thing i've never really put any thought into either i'm just like i hope they have a good uh home to go to you know like you know it's like one of those things and now i'm like you know we could build for them to go in there and then you know like like when then find our own spot or whatever like with you it's like it's that whole like empathetic feeling like fuck dude like you talk to one of your parents on the phone you're like Empathy is a hard dog. thing for like, people yeah. to feel, but it's actually yeah. a very rewarding thing to feel if you know how to. Oh no, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want. I want myself it. to be taken care of like that. I want, you know, I want to be like, if you know, if oh, and God. when I have a a little one, I'm like, take care of me, motherfucker. Like Jesus, yeah. Oh, shit. Joel's, <laughs> Joel's trying to be a daddy. If if and when is the yeah. (laughs) I don't think if is the question. (laughs) Sounds like but uh he's watched me survive three and he's like, all right, I can do it. Yeah, I think like (laughs) families and stuff and losing loved ones like really just reinvigorates or just like the compassion for others who have struggles in life and you're just like, man, life like like I don't know, like like I, you know, I work with like not with Joel, but I work in IT stuff too. And like sometimes it's like sometimes people super stressed out, like it's crazy. And my, like boss comes on, he's always just like, dude, like 
life is fucking hard man like you guys don't you guys deserve like all the love you can get like like with just you know great job because like you know like i don't know just life's can be fucking brutal for people you know yeah dude. and like it's like to recognize that and just understand like everybody has like stuff to go through that's like super hard and like it's like it 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 shouldn't make you harder it should make you more compassionate like more like like empathetic sympathetic understanding of like what other people go through you know and like Mm -hmm. and we all grow then dude one day everything's like this and all of a sudden an apparent passes or something you're just like oh my god i can't believe it dude this person's been here my whole life and they're gone it's like it just changes like it's like a it's just a growing experience and and like it's it's hard but it's like a growing experience and and like a compassionate like yeah cameron is trying to say that everything is gonna be okay (laughs) exactly all of that through all of that no matter what as long as you're alive you'll experience that you'll move yeah. on and yes. everything is gonna well be everyone's up. got their own shit so it's it's basically yeah. like you don't well, know what yeah. everyone's going through it's like oh what well, yeah. okay but i'm just gonna say that those people could figure out something that might tell them that everything is gonna be okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they might they might i'm not saying they will i said they might find something that will tell them that i need to start a cult and have uh uh anthony go to <laughs> cult. Yeah. i'm just kidding i actually do you, i i think i could start a cult guys I know you could. Yeah. Well, at the, at the uh, end of this episode, you guys are gonna be uh, strangled and starting it. I'm finally gonna do it, dude. <laughs> no, I'm too drunk to actually uh, <laughs> figure any of that out. Yeah, we should uh, probably uh, do a three wrap hours up. and fifteen yeah. minutes with Cameron yeah, yeah. Argon. Speaking pretty, of pretty late. Probably should. Thirty-seven more to go. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, we'll see you in th- yeah. thirty-nine episodes, dude. I won't yeah, make it. Episodes. I won't make it. First twenty-nine or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, we, dude, we kill it though. That was good. Yeah, 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 I mean, I think we got to the heart of some things tonight. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we touched on real estate, we, our strings. Of well, hearts, I think that uh, music, buying, families, going deep, family, yeah, all the way. things. Yeah, yeah. Going deep is the running theme when we're talking about disfiguring the goddess, dude. You gotta go deep, dude. Yeah, dude. dive deep. (laughs) Although, (laughs) what's funny is that wait, pull that up one more time. We're all we're in Arizona, no, Nevada, right there. Is that Nevada? Yeah, I love the color scheme of the logo. Is that anywhere near water? Uh, it was like a little <laughs> pond somewhere around there. All right, so that's where it is. We're that's all the water <laughs> themes are from the pond, right <laughs> near that. <laughs> I almost wore that shirt tonight. I almost wore it again. It's <laughs> my holy mountain shirt. I love it so much. The pit stains and the neck stains are starting to show on white shirts. Fuck that, dude. I love white shirts. Why the fuck does it stain?
<laughs> That'd be the best ending. Karen is like, "Fuck yeah, dude! You, I'm into it, dude." Because you live right. a dirty life. Let's, I I I flubbed the uh, 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 plugs in the beginning. We didn't even did we? Say no, we're not anything? doing plugs. All right, uh, fuck it. Yeah, All right, yeah. love you guys. You got a lot of uh, cool stuff coming, and then uh, we didn't even say Battleforge Coffee. Oh, dude. Sorry, uh, <laughs> the deeds of flesh, guys. I love you guys. I'm sorry. Um, it's so funny. <laughs> we don't. We don't even get paid for it. They don't even. They don't even probably watch this shit. So I'm not even apologizing. Um, yeah. Watch what I was watching yes. right now. Like. No, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that group, but we got some cool Battle stuff. You... The D's of Flesh guys. Yep, that's D's of Flesh coffee right there. Trading pieces, coffee. Damn. Embreeding the amp. <laughs> the blah blah blah, blah puffer guy. Coffee. You're really into coffee. You should. You sound like you need some, dude. All right, oh, let's we need wrap some. it up, dude. We did a we did a lot tonight, and this is fun. I want a part three, Cameron. You're always welcome back on this show, dude. Like for real. Thirty nine yeah. more episodes, and my next ad will be. <laughs> and nah, dude. It's yeah, gonna be yeah. fifteen. I said we're gonna cut it in half. <laughs> no. But um, this is really, really fucking awesome, dude. And yeah, um, yeah thanks guys for having me on. This is for sure, man. It, totally, dude. Like once you've been on the first time, it's like okay, cool. But now when you come out back again, it's like hell yeah. Invite, <laughs> oh yeah, dude. oh yeah. Yep, yep, you know what I mean. Same, same, same bro, bro yes. down as it was before, dude. Um, and for me, it was like real quick. I was in the beginning. I was kind of like. Uh, like I've, I think we talked to this guy. I saw the name and I was like, and Anthony was like, listen to this, the music that he's put out. And I was like, did the whole ADD thing where I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna be like all quick with it. And I just listened to the whole thing and was like, I can't wait for tonight after mm-hmm. listening to that. Yeah, everyone should listen to <laughs> fucking the new fucking album, dude. We, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Just figuring the goddess, the brutal machine, dude. I, I, if if you're listening to this and you trust us. Just dive in. Dive in. The water reference is there. Dive in, dude. Just fucking get below that surface, dude. Go into the murky waters, dude, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Go below and just hold your breath until it's until you can't anymore. And then uh, alien submarines take you up and that's the atmosphere <laughs> all right um cool stuff <laughs> happening on the horizon i'll be on uh, I, I'm, I'm not gonna no i'm not gonna do that all right love you guys i had a great time tonight let's uh wrap this up and did. rock on yes. all did, yeah. battle forge coffee, <laughs> yeah, battle coffee Holly, yeah. drink rock coffee on. drink coffee <laughs>